This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 99 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a 30K Horse Heresy podcast, a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co-host, Powerful Derek. Let's say what's going on, Derek. You know that's not my name. <laughs> my co-host, Derek. Hey, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> got Powerful Scott. Let's say what's going on, Scott. Hey, I'm here to provide coughing and sneezing noises. <laughs> and in case Scott runs a little low on the coffin, sniffling, sneezing noises, we also got powerful Ryan Kimmel. Let's see what's going on, Ryan. Hello, guys. So. There <laughs> we go. There it is. Squeeze it in, boys. There Squeeze it in. Uh, so, so yeah, man, 99 episodes. We are there, boys. Like, we are one more episode. I'm trying to plan something fun for 100 episodes. Um. We're, we're open to suggestions for sure. So Michael at warmer30k.com, go and email in your suggestions. Uh, so I went back and I listened to, because I was, so I listened to the Eye of Horus or Eye of Heresy Reborn or Eye of Sumatra. I don't know, whatever the new name is, whatever. I listened to good old-fashioned Eye, Eye of, of Sumatra. <laughs> you mean the country near Sri Lanka? Like <laughs> that one? Yeah. That might have been the wrong part. There's a season of Survivor in Sumatra. <laughs> <laughs> fact, whatever, the new, whatever the new podcast is, whatever. They had their Adepticon breakdown. And so I'm listening to this breakdown, right? And they're talking about all of the uh, splinter groups that they like that broke off from like listening to them and like you know, kind of the 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 heresy community that they've built around them. And I was sitting there and like I'm listening to this episode, and then they had this like rad ass like slow guitar music at the end of the episode that was just like it made you feel like what's the word I'm looking for when you're I don't know, like when when you care about something. You're, you're like, man, this is killing me. Somebody's screaming it at the radio right now. Fulfilled? It, yeah. Nostalgic. Passionate. Nostalgic. Nostalgic. Oh, like, I'm super go. nostalgic for Ivorus after listening to this this episode, this last episode they did. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself, I was like, man, I remember when we were a little baby podcast, and we had Tim on. And so I go back, and I go and look up, like, what episode was Tim on? Like, where was it? Where, where did this happen, you know? Like, where did this... Because uh, I remember I used to... I listened to Tim before we started this episode. Like, before we started the podcast. Like, I listened to I Forest, you know. I think we all did. I think everybody here listened to I Forest way before, you know, they started coming on. Uh, but... My, to, to, like, to to get to the point where, like, you know, we're, like, really good friends. We hung out with them. You know, we, they, we brought... Like, they came over to America, spent this time with us and all that stuff, like... The Harrison community is so good. Like, it's it's so good. And I listened to our old episodes, like, because I wanted to go listen to this old episode of uh, of Tim and all that jazz, like, coming on to Radio First Man for the first time and, you know, asking us if we're trying to resur- usurp him, uh, which we're getting there. We're, we're getting there on, on episode count. Um, but I realized, man, like, how how much this 
this podcast has grown. Like it's 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 come so far. It's come so far. I don't know. It's just something I felt like needed to be said. Love you guys, man. Everybody, everybody here. Love you too. Like, I'm glad. I'm happy to have y'all as friends. Like, I'm happy to have y'all motivate me. I'm happy to be a part of this community. All the listeners we have, like, like it's just it's a good time, man. You get some like. This has been the gayest five minutes of my life that I ever remember. Shirts off and stuff now. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ! Jesus, am I about to get a psychology exam or something? <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to like. I'm trying to get y'all ready, man. It's episode 100. <laughs> to, like, God, let's go get our testosterone levels checked right now, so we can fucking get on the TRT. Oh, <laughs> it's just crazy. Hell, keep right now. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, so getting shit on by them. So, <laughs> so we got a pretty. We got, <laughs> that was a nice sentiment, Michael. So one hundred. I'm fucking always ready. I'm always ready. <laughs> I don't care what fucking number you're putting on that podcast. <laughs> it's going down regardless. So I ain't scared of shit. <laughs> so anyway, we got a good episode for you guys. Uh, we got our normal opening and hobby progress. We're gonna go over. Uh, I've got some CK Studio stuff I want to touch base on because I did go to one of their classes this weekend. It was fucking great, fantastic. If they're coming your way, uh, you better get ready and just sign up immediately. Pause this episode, go sign up, come back. Uh, I got, I'm going to touch base on it a little bit, but I'm not going to go super deep into it. So if you're expecting me to go deep into it, uh, it's not going to happen this episode because I really want to get uh, Caleb and Kat on and uh, and uh, let them let them get in here and we can talk about this whole experience because they uh they do a damn good job i think everybody who's taking their class that's listening and and some of the hosts of this show have taken their class and nothing but good things to say so we're going to talk about that a little bit we're going to go over some uh uh toys for tots things that we need to to touch base on uh then we're going to go into some voicemails and emails uh so we're going to go over some stories we got some fun stuff that came in uh we have two of Alistair from Legion of Lies voicemails that we never got back to. Didn't realize we never touched base back on that. So we got those gems loaded up. Uh, then we're going to jump into an Iron Warriors list from Scott. Is it Iron? Yeah, Iron Warriors, right? Not Iron Hands. Iron Warriors, 2,500 yeah, points. Iron Warriors. We're going to go to an Iron Warriors yep. list with Scott, 2,500 points. And then we have an a about three questions that came to us over emails in regards to list help and things like that. Four, four, I'm getting corrected, boys, uh, the producer. Okay, four uh, questions that are going to go, we're going to go over email, and then we have an Alpha Legion list that we're going to touch base on, 2,500 points. Uh, Coils of the Hydra, right? Yep. Coils of the Hydra. So, hobby progress-wise, who wants to start? Like, who wants to kick this off? Could be anybody. Let's go over with you, Scott. You're looking... Okay, okay cool. Yeah, I had a Kentucky campaign day fucking last weekend. So Keith Craycraft uh, put on a uh, little campaign saying we threw pictures up of the event and some of the armies on the internet. But he put together a little campaign day, and um, we had a really good turnout. We had like 10 or 15 people show up. And uh, there were people coming in out of the game store. The game store was a... the Battle Forge in Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, people coming in now and being like, wow, man, a lot of 30K going on here. Goddamn right. And it was the best kind of 30K, the fully painted kind of 30K. 
So uh, all the armies there fully painted. Everybody had a good time. I had a, I had a lot of fun. I got two 2,500-point games. I got in a 2,500-point game with Bradley Given, a listener of the show. And he um he just finished an Alpha Legion army. And I was playing World Leaders. So I played Drop Salt Vanguard against, um, gosh, I think he had Pride of the Legion. And uh, really fun game. Um, I got really lucky. Like, you know, in Drop Salt Vanguard, you drop in big blobs of assault troops, like the first first turn of the game, and you get you scatter and you know, kind of go from there, and that could be pretty perilous. Well, I scattered, but I was lucky enough that my big blob of dudes landed directly on a landing pad in the middle of the fucking table. Uh, <laughs> saved me from dying horribly, just splattering all over the fucking train features all around. But uh had a really good game with him, and then I played uh, another friend and listener of the show, Duncan Kendall, the second game with uh, kind of a Pride of the Legion list, and I had a couple of units of Red Butchers and Land Raiders and stuff. He was playing Drop Salt uh, Vanguard with Blood Angel, or not Day of Revelation, Day of Revelation. So he had a bunch of Assault Marines and Jet Bikes and uh, Anvilist with some Terminators. Really cool list, and he did a really good job of painting it. I, I know that's a newer army, but I thought it looked really good. And uh had a great game with him. It's kind of cool to see the community around here actually growing from nothing. Fucking literally nothing. As far as I know, at one point, I was the only son of a bitch who owned any 30K in the entire goddamn state. To there being, you know, 10 or 15 dudes in a room all playing with fully painted armies and having a good time. Um Definitely a big thanks to Bradley. He, he like, arranged all the missions and pulled all the Shadow War missions out of Book 6 Retribution. And he, like, blew them up menu style. So you had, like, a huge copy of the mission rules with the fucking deployment type and all that shit at each table. And really cool. A lot of fun. So uh, You almost have to be happy, but point out the timeline of your group growing so that we can put this heresy's dying... Oh yeah, well, all this started, and I'm not I'm trying to fucking pick a pick a scab off an old wound, but it started uh, right as like 40k and 30k became two distinct things, and then all of a sudden, all these people, like three people I know personally, you know, started playing, and then they pulled in a few people, and they pulled in a few people, and then you know, all of a sudden, we have the Facebook group and. People post hobby progress up, and it's great, and it's really cool to get to get to kind of share in that experience with people around and see it grow. And there's a lot of guys that work really hard on it, like Keith and Bradley and other guys all around. And, uh, imagine if if you're interested in kind of being a part of that, you know, if, if you're from a neighboring state or whatever, David Sampson's event in May, I think May 18th. Is, it, is his event, if I'm not mistaken, in Nashville, and I know there will be a lot of guys from Kentucky down there. That's so cool, man. Like, So that's what we're aspiring to be over here at you know, in our Escalation League. And it's it's simple as starting an Escalation League. Like, oh, yeah. yeah once yeah. you get like some core dudes that are like moving and hard Heresy, like it is no problem getting like I'm I'm so proud of our guys that we have over here right now that you know that are pushing for the 1500 point mark next month. But I mean, what y'all started in what, October, October, November. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I'm just like, we're only what two months in now. This is only two months yeah, into we're, our. We're halfway through the second month. Halfway through the second month, and we're at the thousand point mark right now. And dude, everybody's just like kicking each other's ass, getting their games in, moving. I mean, it's uh, it's so dope, man. If well, he... it happens fast, man, it's like I I went from you know I didn't ha- I was just getting talked into painting world eaters after uh, Michigan GT, but I hadn't bought anything to, I started doing this shit in November, very beginning of November, I think And five months later, six months later, I have over 5,000 points worth. So it, <laughs> you know, fucking kind of crazy how all that happened. <laughs> it's a little, a little, uh, <laughs> a little overwhelming to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. That it is. You're just so pumped and excited to be with the guys. You don't even realize. I just painted 5,000 points of world eaters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck, man. No kidding. But That's super cool. Definitely man. the best way best way to do it, I think. And as far as what I'm working on now, um, I ordered those six jet bikes last episode, and I am prepping to you know, get that project off the, off the, off the runway. So dig it man fuck yeah i'm uh i'm kind of curious man so you said that he blew up the the missions menu size like yeah so he took the a picture of the page of the actual shadow war missions out of uh book six retribution and then like just increased the scale and laminated them and shit and i i guess he just printed it on like extra fucking huge paper or something but looked really dope, and it was a lot easier to read because I'm fucking, like most of us, we have bad eyesight. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> That's badass. Yeah, smart, man, because I know that I'm, uh, I'm guilty, even during Adepticon, I'm guilty of accidentally getting that paper caught up in my list and stuff like that and walking to the next table yeah. and I'm like, fuck! <laughs> and then they've already started their game and it's too awkward to go put that back yeah. in there. You're <laughs> like, oh no, they're just, they're just doing kill points. Like, I <laughs> I can't. Uh, I'll just slip this on the ground next to the table so it looks like it just fell off. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you idiots. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, they've already started. I just now found this paper. So that's super cool. How, what was the uh, final turnout count-wise, if you don't mind me asking? Of of who won, like, Traders or Loyalists, or how many people showed up? How many people showed up? Like, how many people were oh, there? Somewhere between 10 or 15, I think. Oh, and... In the Escalation League, holy shit, probably like 20 or 30. God dang. Yeah. Not everyone that was in that Escalation League got to come up for the campaign day because it is, you know, kind of a haul for people and work and all that stuff. There's quite a few that, you know, sort of picked it up. Picked it up along the way. I mean, if you don't get in at the ground level, that doesn't mean you can't participate all you gotta do is let someone know and you jump in you know wherever you wherever you fit in as long as you pay the points for it makes sense fuck yeah dude that's all super exciting but you're pretty much done with painting right now altogether like it sounds like you're just working on charity stuff at this point yeah charity stuff in this last unit of jet bikes is the last thing i'm going to paint for these world eaters unless i fucking win the lottery and buy something stupid like a storm eagle or something or a storm bird this is this is it these six jet bikes so fingers crossed 
I was going to say, humble jo- <laughs> humble Scott just going in and just, you know, let me go ahead and pick up a a Storm Eagle <laughs> instead of a, I'm going to hit that Mega Millions, give me a Storm Eagle. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's going to, that's going to happen, but it uh, be a lot cooler if it did, you know what they say. So super cool, man. Awesome. Glad to hear it. It sounds like it was a fun day of good old-fashioned Kentucky partying very, very fun it was nice to put you know faces to names and stuff people you only talk to on the internet you finally actually get to meet in person and that was pretty cool yeah i met some of those kentucky guys at adepticon there's some cool dudes yeah Are you talking about a powerful jack powerful jack jack yep. jack was jack, there jack Duncan, Duncan. josh lambert right yeah yeah Take it, yeah. All those, all those Kentucky dudes, man. All of them were super fun to hang out with Adepticon at Adepticon. So I can only imagine getting them all in one group. And you know, it's like uh, they're like they're very pronounced their presence. Like it's not a like the very specific like Kentucky people. Like y'all have got a different personality than the rest of America. Drunk so. and loud and fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it's fair. Like, it's like drunk, <laughs> drunk and southernly. Like it's like it's a two the two combina like it's a very nice combination of people. It's one half professional wrestling promo and one half Foghorn Leghorn from fucking Louis Hands. Hundred percent. That's great. That's hundred percent. So I can only imagine getting all of them in a room and playing Heresy together. So I can I'm sure you had a great time. It's like, well, what mission are they playing? I don't know. But oh, they're, yeah. they're throwing back shots. So. <laughs> So, Half my family from Kentucky, so Thanksgiving and Christmas was very entertaining. I imagine stuff gets thrown. I'm just imagining. They mostly just fight over college basketball because everybody up here is an IU fan. And everybody down there is either yeah. a Louisville or a KU fan, and none of those people like each other. So it's the triangle of fighting. <laughs> and Ryan, Ryan's not going to have any of that. So. No, college basketball sucks. So I tell them they all suck. <laughs> They're all garbage. So yeah. there's like one. They only draft for two rounds, and they still only get like one and a half players. That's like a fucking role player in a season of NBA. And then every five seasons, you get somebody that's an all star. That's how shitty college basketball is. <laughs> Ryan has talked about how much he does not like college basketball at length at length so anyway who wants to go next on this hobby progress opening here well uh so i'm not gonna use the term roadblock but i have been in a bit of a hobby speed bump so i've been working on my night lords veterans i've been using some of the terror squad upgrade bits and then some of the extra like gun arms from the chaos raptor kit just kind of get like a good mix of like chaosy looking bits in there uh don't have enough shoulder pads for them though because uh i've been using some of those plastic mark IV shoulder pads on the assault marines i've been doing and that didn't leave any for my actual like infantry guys so i'm gonna have to order some more i'm thinking about picking up some uh like spiky shoulder pads like the studded ones just with spikes from uh, pop goes the monkey but uh, I'm also working on more assault marines, 
uh, I've got that dreadnought done up as well as some of my uh, some of those flyers like the Ambulus and the Lightning. But I was having some issues with my airbrush that thankfully Michael helped me sort sort out. So hopefully I can get back into painting here in the next couple days because I'm a little behind on the Escalation League. But right now I'm just waiting on stuff to come in, uh, waiting to get my airbrush back up to speed. So all that really leaves for me to like actually do is shave off bits from more of these plastic Chaos Raptor legs, which is the like most tedious thing ever. So I've just had to bite the bullet and knuckle down and get it done pretty much. What is that thing you were using? Oh, I've got a micro chisel. A micro chisel. Have y'all ever used a micro chisel? Where I throw it. I've never even heard what that is. So Derek is like gliding through this uh, these models with yeah. this micro chisel. Yeah, it's literally just a chisel. Only the head of it is about I think like three millimeters wide, and it's basically like. Stuff, it's just another tool. Some stuff it's still easier to get with the X-Acto knife, but other stuff you just kind of put it down and like push through and it just peels it right off. It's pretty wild. I was watching him <laughs> use it a minute ago and it's just like he's just gliding through some of this stuff on his models just without any issue. Oh, yeah. like Especially just, anything that's sticking out. It just yeah, stuff slices like it off. Mold lines or mold slips, it just it pulls it right off. Where do you get it? Uh, I had to order it online. This one, uh, I believe, was from Pakistan. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Quality products there. Pakistan. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, this one's worked fine for me. I just went on Amazon, pulled up Micro Chisel for plastic and resin, and this is one of the things that came up, so I ordered it, and it works. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what I bought it from without going through my, like, Amazon history. Well, my God. Sorting through the many purchases of dildos that you have. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> among other things. <laughs> someone's someone's got to help set that silicone and resin. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, that's what I've been up to. Kind of a, like I said, I'm not going to use the term roadblock, but I've been hitting some speed bumps. Have you played any games in the Escalation League or no? Uh, not yet for this month. Okay. Uh, once I get that Dreadnought done up, that'll put me at 1,000 points so I can start getting some games in. I was wanting to get that done this past weekend, but my airbrush kicking back on me has just not been fun. And I don't want to, like, edge highlight this whole Dreadnought by hand. For all of you those curious out there what I did, I just replaced this needle. It had a slight bend at the tip. And yeah. I... Picked up a whole bunch of Badger needles while at Adepticon, so just tossed one of those brand new ones on there, spraying like a champ. I primed my uh, primed my arms with it while he was uh, while we were testing it out, so works just fine. And that is exactly the kind of uh, work I was hoping for. It's like Michael, I don't know, Michael, fix it. It's broken. <laughs> it's broken. I ordered a new one. <laughs> it's like, well, it's not broken. There you go. It's fixed. L literally fixed. <laughs> So about you, Ryan, what you been working on? Um, okay. Build a shitload of Battletech stuff. That's what you're looking at. Robots. Right there. And then I'm painting this charity model. Ooh. Lighting's weird. I don't know if you can see it. It's just an Iron Warrior. Looks cool. Yeah, it looks great. I like all the I finished, stuff. I think we talked about it, but I totally finished that 
the dreadnought that I started in the CK class. Did we talk about that last show? That I finished that. No, no. Yeah, the Ra- oh the the Raven Guard. Yeah, yeah. yeah it looked beautiful. Yeah, it looked yeah. gorgeous. Actually, Ryan, you showed me the pictures of her webcam, but actually getting the picture uh, through the messages where you actually took a picture with like good lighting and everything like that, dude, it looks fucking great. It's like I, I can only imagine what that looks like in person because pictures never really do a model justice. But no, especially mine because I suck at taking photos. Yeah, yeah. I can uh, I can only imagine what that looks like if if your blood angels are any testament to what a model doesn't look like picture wise then that is that is probably a beautiful beautiful raven guard dreadnought in person i can't wait to see you start like buckling down and getting some raven guard kicked out because i really think you're going to do them justice and they're just so hard to make look good we'll see you owe it to everybody's eyes to do it. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, you're just like teasing everybody. It's like we saw. Never mind. I'm not gonna say it. Good. So it's so hard. Black is so hard. It is. Uh-oh. I. I definitely got Go to. I got to watch all the uh, all the people in the CK Studios class painting black, and I was like, man, I'm glad I didn't go that route. Cause there's some funky stuff that you got to do with black. You got to like make shades that it's like, well, you're not going to be able to really see this. It's just going to be like a hue, a hue of red is going to like, Oh my gosh, that's wild. I'm like, no, thank you. Like, Yeah. It, it's pretty fucking hard to be honest with you. It takes a long time. There's a lot of steps and then it turns out to be black at the end. And you're like, fuck man. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it does look better than just being flat black. Like, if you paint something just like flat black out of an aerosol can and stick it next to your model when it's done, it looks like a thousand times better than that, but it's still just black, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, uh, like, especially when you... So, in this case, I, I'm thinking of, like, black from the uh, CK class, where it's the black with the what's it, modular highlighting, I think is what he refers to it as, or modular lighting. It's modulated. Modulated color lighting. Modulated. Yeah, color modulation, where like you you make the shadows like face the direction you want the uh, eye to be drawn to and all this shit. And like seeing a black dreadnought painted up that way, it's like, wow, that's super good. And then you put that next to just like a primed, like, like satin black dreadnought who just has natural lighting and you're like oh man like that's (laughs) like like in a in a really bright room it's uh you can definitely see all the fun nice stuff you did but like in a dark room it's like nope that's just black i just gotta kiss on some cookies man ryan's winning (laughs) winning you take her i'm recording bye dog so no more barking this episode. Sorry, everybody. Also, no more bite marks. You see my arm? It's all red. She's been chewing on my arm the whole time. I just fed her my arm so she would shut up. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Eat this. <laughs> ben Martin out of Australia has two cattle dogs, too, and we trade cattle dog things all the time, like memes and shit, and he's got one. It's like cattle dogs hug with their mouths. <laughs> they sure do. So... Anyway, I mean, 
you had a whole bunch of BattleTech stuff going on there, Ryan. What's going on with that? Uh, well, me and Chris Duncan are doing BattleTech Fridays. Every Friday, we're going to like do something with BattleTech. So we've been doing mainly like I've been painting, helping him airbrush his army. So we got like all the blues down. He's doing these Federated Suns dudes. They're like bright blue. So he's doing those, and then I'm doing these Word of Blake guys. So I just got my models in and started building them. Jesus Christ. I wish you were here so I could show you the level of grognard that I had to go on these dudes because, I don't know, people don't really care because it's a 30K podcast. But let's just say I had to do a shitload of converting on these little itty-bitty 6-millimeter scale metal fucking models. I don't know if you can see. See all these fucking drill bits? That whole pile of drill bits? Yep. I had to use all of those. And then, let me find this fucking guy. Like this. Like all these little... See the... Uh, I don't know. Uh, is it going to focus? See the little white tubes coming out of the end of that? Yep. Those are gun barrels I made. There's some more back there in the back. There's two underneath that antenna. There's a whole bunch of shit like that on these dudes where I had to, like, make extra guns and all that. And you have to get, like, super in-depth research-wise because you have these papers that tell you exactly what equipment they have and in what location it's in. So you have to go, oh, well, this guy has a hand and an upper arm and this, so I got to make sure I have that, but also put these guns on there and draw these little fucking holes. It's, it's super fucking intense. You literally have to have, like, three or four books and all these papers in front of you. If you want your models to be accurate, some people are just like, fuck it. This is the correct mech. I'll glue it together and just say it has these guns. It doesn't really have to have them, but I'm like converting all my shit to be as accurate as possible. WYSIWYG. That's deep. Battletech WYSIWYG. That's so, a deep tabletop. It's not super easy. So it took me those ones you saw there. That's about, 16 hours worth of building and I built like 12 models. Good lord. You gotta pin them because they're metal. Everything has to be pinned. Um, I had to convert a bunch of these little fucking 6 millimeter tanks, like cut barrels off and do barrel swaps and shit for different guns. Like I said, I know this is boring people because it's not 30k, but it's just what I've been working on. No, man. Modeler can appreciate modeler. Like It doesn't matter what they're talking about. Oh, yeah. I appreciate the effort and work you're putting into your battle text, though. So, very cool, man. Speaking of battle tech, uh, your the roof and uh, the roof and what else? Uh, the wall. Wall. Yeah, the roof and wall. Yeah, you had, door. Door. I'm sorry. You the, had that out curing when I got here. No, that is so. That is the so. So what I'm trying to say is. Uh, the Battletech terrain that we had talked about at the end of last episode that you guys weren't privy to to listening to uh, definitely threw me for a curveball on the whole uh, it's super easy to print things, 3D print stuff. And so right now the door and the roof are printing because it failed over lunch. I got them printing over lunch. The bottom fell in, and I just went and checked them a minute ago when I went to go grab my other computer, and they are they are working now. So... Um, so hopefully that should be done by the time we're done recording this. But that, that terrain is on the way, Ryan. And the the actual main base station of the 
it's it's a hangar. It really, it's a, it's a BattleTech mech hangar. Uh, the base of the hangar is completely printed. It came out fucking super great. Uh, if y'all are out there right now looking for, like, if you're, like, thinking, hey, man, I should get a printer, and you are not sure what printer to go with, look up the AnyCubic Photon. It's very affordable. It's very affordable pricing. It's a resin printer. Uh, it uses UV light to cure resin, pulls it out. And uh, there are, like, th- this time around, I told, like, basically I kind of, just told Ryan, like, hey, yeah, man, I could print whatever you want. Pick something out on Thingverse. I'll print it out. And little did I know that there you got to set different curing times. You've got to thicken models. You've got to uh, remove it to where they're hollow. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff you got to do for just this special process, which I had not run into before trying to print these models for Ryan, which sent me into this, like, whole crazy world of... Uh, Facebook groups, 3D printing Facebook groups and all this stuff where I'm like in there asking questions and all of these people, especially the AnyCubic Photon community, holy crap, they're so friendly. They're so nice. They tell you exactly what you're doing wrong. Uh, I was using the wrong curing time on a lot of stuff for the resin I was using. I didn't even know you could had to go to a different curing time. I had to thicken up the walls for a lot of stuff. It was pretty wild. So uh, this whole past week has been like learning new stuff for that so um i've got some i actually ordered some BattleTech stuff myself just because uh for one i thought it looked cool um i got an atlas a kodiak a catapult a metal catapult and then i printed up a catapult and i'm sending you a warhammer i have an extra warhammer i'm sending you okay i'm getting a warhammer too i don't know what that is but sounds cool Okay, so. it's a it's the Mech Warrior Online one. It's my favorite of all the mechs in the game. It's always been my favorite. Ironic, right? It's called the Warhammer. Anyway, I'm <laughs> yeah. sending you one. That's very very ironic. So yeah, so I ordered all these BattleTech <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I ordered all this BattleTech stuff to uh, see because like really, uh, Ryan said he has an event coming up. So if I could print up some 3D parts to help him out. Uh, that seems like the right thing to do. Sounds and it's a lot of fun because I get to learn and like get to see all the cool stuff. And a lot of the uh, a lot of the Thingverse models are, uh, I mean, everything's free on there, and they're all super detailed. I really don't understand how like all these people um, submit all of these beautiful creations on Thingverse and then just like ask for no money for it. Like I guess you could tip the creators, but Jesus, man, like some of the stuff on there is like what you would expect from like a, a games workshop level building and stuff like that. It's wild to me. So uh, been working on that. That was last week. That was pretty much a good portion of my week. I would come home and like try and figure that out. I'd print stuff over lunch. It would fail. I kept getting a bunch of blobs of resin and I have to clean my vat. It was just, it was wild, but like it's, it's, I'm so glad it happened as an experience because I got to learn how to do that. If any of you are out there having problems with your 3D resin printer, let me know because I feel like I'm a new person after this past week. Um, so anyway, so with that being said, uh, as far as actual Warhammer-wise, uh, I had to finish my Dark Angels uh, by this past Friday uh, because me and Zach were going to play a game for the Escalation League. Uh, so Zach's not officially in the Escalation League, so he's kind of a ringer, and I really wanted to get my uh, my Dark Angels up. Uh, 
like I had mentioned before, uh, I could not play my Imperial Fist, which I've been working on for my wall uh, in the Escalation League. I had to continue with my Dark Angels. And uh, so I finished up six Dark Angel Terminators that had Pop Goes the Monkey Shoulder Pads. Uh, I converted up my um, my Terminator Sergeant to have the, the... I did the Miles conversion where he has the... Instead of using the normal Cataphracty front, you use the Deathwing Knight like front tabard look to it. Came out pretty good. I liked it a lot. And I used the... Wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Whose conversion is that? Miles? Little Legend? I, the first time I saw it was on Little Legend. My word bearers I had before I probably met you have that on them. Oh, yeah. I believe that. So, anyway, I saw first person I saw was Little Legend and that's uh that's who that's why I like credited him, but I fair enough. I don't care. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> and then I so so I did that um I, and I ended up playing against Zach on Friday. I got everything sent through, pulled through. Uh, and I, I played against Zach's uh, Death Guard. Uh, he ran a... It was a thousand-point game. We had to capture these barrels. And, I mean, really, I guess if I can give you a breakdown. Zach was running a Mortis Dreadnought. He was running uh, two tax squads, a missile launcher uh, heavy support squad, and a unit of Death Shroud. Yeah, Death Shroud. Uh, I think it was a three-person Death Shroud squad. That was his thousand points. Uh, I was running a Delegatus. My Delegatus, who I should mention, during this Escalation League, is famous for doing absolutely nothing every game. And I keep it that way because I don't want him to die and get captured. I'm definitely <laughs> afraid of that happening. So my Delegatus is really good at avoiding all sorts of danger because I keep him out of danger. And some people would say that I'm playing him like a bitch. But yeah, you know. <laughs> well, that's that's what it came to my mind as you're describing this. <laughs> so, uh, so this game, that's exactly how he was played. Uh, my list was uh, pretty assholey, if I were to, you know, like say it. It was Delegatus, uh, and he was uh, giving the right of war, pride of the legion. So I took a vet squad and a terminator squad. Uh, my vet squad was six man strong. My terminator squad was also six man strong. I took a Derideo with Adamantic Pavés and the Plasma Cannonade. and Derideo? Derideo, Dr. Derideo. Uh, and then I also took another Derideo with his uh, his super last cannon. I can't remember that last cannon's name. The Arachnus? The Arachnus or Arachnus or whatever. So, uh, found out that those uh, that those weapons are not great. <laughs> the plasma cannonade is pretty uh it looks cool on paper but in reality it's not great uh being able to you really don't want it to get to get hot just because you 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 know of course you lose a whole point if that happens and so throwing out a five four plus or huh? 50 percent of the time 50 percent of the time you lose a whole point 50 percent roll on a one tier if you get hot, you don't fire that shot, but you roll a D6, and on a 1, 2, or 3, you lose a whole point. On a 4, 5, or 6, you don't. Okay, yeah. So, so, so yeah, so I, I definitely was playing it to where it was getting the sustained fire, which is just four shots. 
So I know it's really it's like the the plasma cannonade Daredeo and the uh, the Arachnus last cannon Daredeo is not something that people generally use. So it is something that I definitely wanted to field and give a try. And the uh, I will say the the last cannon Daredeo was fun, uh, but the Exoshock rule to actually get the Exoshock is so difficult that it's almost not worth it. Like it's not worth like taking over any of the last cannon because the amount of points you're putting into the Dare the Daredeo and the amount of points you're sinking back into upgrading the last cannon. You're just better off just sticking with the... Do you want to talk about the rules diarrhea? I hate rules like that, just so you know. Oh, it's... it's... Roll the hit, then roll the pin, then they get saves, then you roll on the damage, and then if you pin, you roll another die, and then if that die comes up a certain score, then you get another one, then you get a roll again, and it's like... If you walk outside, look at the tree in your front yard, and there's two blue jays, you roll another die, and fuck... Yeah, it's like, how about we just, like fucking this thing gives you two rolls on the damage table or if you score one pin it counts as two like do we really have to make it where we got to roll six fucking dice to get to a conclusion yeah no 100 percent uh so i was so confident with these like mega super last cannons on this daredeo i was like yeah let me go one piece this fucking mortis real quick no not how it works it's like even a strength 10 i mean it hits on twos you need and then you uh need threes to penetrate and then one hit went through, and it's like, okay, that went through. Now you got roll for Exoshock to see if that one goes through. And it's just like, fuck, dude. And on top of that, they still get the save. Like, they'll still get a normal save if they have anything against that second shot. So it's like, what the fuck? Like, I just, we just did six dice rolls to see if I did one extra penetrating hit against you. So, I don't know. It wasn't great. The only thing I used him for was to uh, basically just outshoot a... Uh, a quad mortar he was just picking off uh, picking off crew because he's just strong enough to where he's only needing twos to hit him and he's just blop blop and they're 36 inch range with their with their uh shatter shells so he's just blop 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 and so eventually he took care of that but i'm like what a waste of points man um because i'm thinking that this thing's like a vehicle murderer because you know of the the implication you know it's got those big ass last cannons on it didn't happen whatever uh, then my plasma Daredeo with the uh, with the uh, Adamantic Paves was not terrible. A uh, little bit shorter range. I did exactly what you imagine. I walked him up with Terminators, and then they quickly left him behind once they realized combat was afoot. And then you realize that you've just put your Daredeo in this awkward position of like middle of the enemy to where they can just surround him and find the weak spot. So you got to back him up slowly away from the, uh, the rest of the battle. Um, but game wise, uh, plasma Daredeo, it's not bad. I wouldn't, I don't know. It's, kind of, it's regrettable. If you're looking for an optimized list, it's definitely not, not a fun way to go. Like you're pretty much just good, regular, good old standard Sunder, uh, Sunder auto cannon Daredeo is definitely definitely a choice my favorite daredeo so far um but man had to give him a try had to have had to give him a roll and now they're part of my dark angels um so as far as that game went me and zach played uh zach very early on in the game like we had the option of at the end of the game capturing these uh these fuel containers 
and or you if you're at the end of the game you're standing on the fuel container you get three points if you're not on the fuel container uh you get no points but at any time during the game you could shoot one blow it up and you get one point and so zach was like hard up blow up everything like he'll even he even close combated a container at one point and when they go they blow up uh, 10 inches strength 8 ap4 and so he's like fuck it <laughs> just goes in <laughs> beats the shit out of a, a, a like a a gasoline container blows up on him and he's like there's one victory point boys and so it was a good game we ended up tying uh my delegatus went full bitch mode uh primarily because i, I wanted to model him with the tyrannic greatsword because like that seems real fluffy but when you compare a tyrannic greatsword to any other thing out there <laughs> it's pretty shitty and so every time well, i it changed until it's decapitated my praetor twice because i fucking hate challenges and it's always like one every time one i just need to make one two up safe okay no problem one every goddamn time Slice. i'm learning that real fast my fucking death guard I put the fancy shroud on there and artificer armor, and I keep swinging at initiative three. And I keep running into these fucking sergeants that all they have is a chainsword. And they do like one wound. And I'm like, all I gotta do is make one two up, and then this fucking guy's gonna murder like four dudes. One. Oh, he's fucking dead. And then the other person always gets a shocked look on their face, like, I can't believe that happens. And I'm just staring at him like, this happens every game. Don't be shocked. <laughs> I've never seen this not happen. I would be shocked if I didn't roll a one. Yeah, so so yeah. So that's a that's a thing. Um so my problem is I run around with this tyrannic greatsword, which is AP three, and all these fucking big dick sergeants out there with their artificer armor and power fist <laughs> just want to challenge you out. You know, like every single time. And Zach's smart. Like Zach is not a uh, 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 a new player at all so Zach's all oh yeah I want a challenge it's like fuck <laughs> like, it's like oh yeah my sergeant for my terminators will take this challenge like uh, uh like and then he you know he, he like he's he's a very smart player and so eventually I just I killed his death shroud and with my terminators just by sheer strength eight weight of power fist they they left and then I charged the next turn after they survived a round of shooting. I moved my Terminators up to charge attack squad and broke my Delicatus off because I knew he was going to try and challenge me out. And then I hit him behind a wall and uh, he continued to hide for the rest of the game while my Terminators did his dirty work. Uh, as he does. I mean, that's just the type of, the type of uh, Delicatus he is. So, he's a bitch. We know. Everybody knows. I mean, the whole the whole Escalation League knows that he's not a not a not a powerful fighter. So, anyway, uh, so yeah, ended up playing that game. That was a fun game. Uh, that was Friday when I got off of work. Uh, pretty much that entire week was the mixture of the three D printing and the painting my Dark Angels. Uh, I did not get any work done on my Imperial Fist because I was waiting for their Storm Shields and their Pop Goes the Monkey shoulder pads. Uh, I got the cool studded shoulder pads and the cool Imperial Fist shoulder pads. Uh, at the same time, while I ordered those shoulder pads, I also got the uh, Shapeways uh, Breacher Shields for the Imperial Fist. And so those came in, got 20 of those. I 
did have to go look up some help on how to get those onto Mark III Marines. Uh, there's a lot of trimming you have to do. Lucky for me, a 2016 uh, Sam Breacher Jones uh, had a YouTube video of how to get that on there. So luckily I got to see him when he still had his mustache and everything um, and saw how that works. Uh, but those did come in today and I actually used Derek's airbrush that we fixed to go ahead and get them primed up. And so once we get finished up here, I'll be getting those painted up. Should hopefully have the arms at least done by tonight. And I'll throw those up on Instagram, get everybody back on that Imperial fist feed. And then, uh, then Saturday I drove up to San Antonio for some CK studios airbrushing one-on-one. Uh, without getting too deep into that, because like I said, we want to have a sh like an episode dedicated to this. Uh, I ended up painting a World Eaters Dreadnought. Uh, they taught me a different way to paint white, which is basically some like built-up grays. And like they showed you how to highlight everything like that. I would say it was probably the most in-depth class class as an adult I've ever taken in my life. Like it was, uh, it's so weird that, you know, whenever you're in school, you really don't give a shit about classes, but whenever you're an adult and you really care about stuff, uh, these classes you're really super into and you're super interested and you want to learn everything and you're like trying to see, cause we all paint, like once you take this class, you go in there with a, uh, with a contemptor dreadnought and everybody paints different legions and everybody's got everything. And so I'm over here painting world eaters, but you know, the people next to me are painting, uh, like it's kind of like a Sons of Horus Dreadnought was getting painted next to me. Luke, uh, from Adepticon was directly in front of me painting black. So I was like trying to get knowledge on how he was doing it. And like Caleb goes around and like gets you all set up and like teaches you these like little tricks. He's like, Hey, you know, it'd look really cool on that. And he'll just like blast a fucking, like, I cannot imagine. Like, I feel like if you took that class, you know, 18 times and did the different legion every time i feel like you would just get completely new tips and tricks every single time you took that class i know ryan you've taken it twice right and like well no i took their mini class at a con okay it's only like three hours well i actually took three classes two of them were like demonstrations where they tell you like how to basically airbrush setting up your airbrush and all that shit and then one was like a color theory thing and then the actual one where you get to paint was like three hours long and we did some conflict 47 stuff and it's like a super fast paced version of the dreadnought class where you don't get super in-depth and everybody has to paint the same color okay yeah so and then i took their actual real class so i feel like we did the exact same thing then so i took all their mini classes at adepticon uh i did i, I painted a primaris marine though uh, I took their airbrushing like 101 class, which was like basics on the airbrushing, how to keep it clean, all that jazz. Uh, I took a black and white color theory class where it was like brush painting and all this stuff. And so I would say like my Imperial Fist looked the way they do because of that Primaris Marine class. Like going in there, it was like a mini, I would say it's like the miniest version of the actual Contemptor class. Uh, because the Primaris Marine class kind of was a, a Zenithal highlighting class is pretty much how he showed you how to paint. And then when we actually took the Contemptor class, it was he showed you what the difference was between actual Zenithal highlighting and then uh, modulation. 
and and then also he showed you panel panel lighting and then things like that. Uh, but the modulation is the way we all painted in the class, and you can actually go to CK Studios Facebook page, and you could see the dreadnoughts that came out of that class, and they're they're insane. Like it's a like they're all super nice dreadnoughts. Everybody in the class painted up a beautiful dreadnought. Everybody now it's it's not the dreadnought cut like like pretty much it was like one of those things where it's like this is their recipe for painting the colors but all the things you get to learn out of that like you can directly apply to your color schemes for your army it's wild man it was it was such a wild class and i would recommend it to anybody that and and i know ryan has like pretty much like i'm regurgitating the same spiel that ryan has given out before and i felt like such an idiot for not listening to him before now that like you know it's it's like it's like oh my god he was fucking right like you know like i've been going this whole time (laughs) turns out it wasn't bullshit this whole time (laughs) this whole time i've been painting like garbage and i could have just paid some money to go not paint like garbage anymore i I could just i could just listen to ryan yeah i could stop ruining models and just you know paint paint legit so a great class man i would recommend it to anybody uh if you're looking for dates go to ck studios website or facebook page You'll see all the dates they have up. I know they have a bunch of seats open for like their London classes and stuff like that. And uh, we'll get them on. We'll get them on and we'll talk about. It'll give you like a full breakdown. Uh, but I did have that Saturday and Sunday. Uh, did both days with them. Uh, I did get to hang out with a couple cool dudes. Uh, we that we ended up you know hanging out with afterwards. And then uh, I want to give a shout out to powerful Joshua. And Matt, apparently Ryan knew Matt, and he moved to El Paso, super EOD tech He stayed man. at my house. He stayed at your house before? Yeah. That dude's hilarious, man. That dude cracked me up he the whole to, time. He was on the Freebooters forum, and when he moved out east, he was like, hey, I'm moving out east. This is the route I'm taking. If anybody along the way wants to play 30K, we can. And I'm like, I'm along the way. You can stay the night here. You don't have to get a hotel room. He's like, okay. He's like, hi, I'm Stranger Man. I'm going to sleep in your house tonight. I'm like, okay, cool. Don't murder me and my wife, and we're good. He's like, all right. And then when he hung out, we played 30K. All right. I just make bombs for a living. <laughs> night, <laughs> night. <laughs> so, so yeah, dude. Powerful Matt, dude. Super nice guy. Like, he's fucking hilarious. Uh, all of his stuff kind of, he, like, not only <laughs> paints really well, but he also gets a... Uh, he uses perpetual painting Dave as well for some of his things. And so just he's in, he's like one of those guys that's like embedded in our like our group of people that we know. And like I've never met him before in my life. And here he was just like knowing everything that I knew and all the people I knew. It's pretty cool. And then hanging out with Josh, dude, he flew in from L.A. That dude was fucking great. dude. That, that's, he, we went to Rudy's for some barbecue afterwards and. He was talking about how great this barbecue was, and I was like, "Bro, we'll get you down. We'll get you down to, you know, some real barbecue. This is a chain. This is a franchise. Stop talking so great about this barbecue. We'll get you in a good place." So, shout out to him, man. He was, he was fun to hang out with. And then the same. Remember, I told you about Luke uh, from Adepticon, the one I played on the uh, on your table. He was on the opposite team. Luke was there, sat directly across from me, man. Me and him kept looking at each other like. 
are we fucking this up? Are we like, are we screwing up right now? I feel like we're screwing up right now. <laughs> and like, so that's, and I feel like Caleb kind of gets off on that. Like he kind of enjoys like, like watching everybody think that they're fucking up this model. And then he comes in like, uh, like Bob Ross and just like, like, look, you just, you just do this simple motion with your hand and this is how you unfuck it. And then it's like, Oh, this is, I'd put this in a golden demon right now. Like, and then he's also like spitting out a little bit of like life lessons. Like, you know, I mean, you got a little darkness over here, but just, just hit it with just a little bit of light and you'll see how the rest of it just lights up. <laughs> pretty much like pretty much Caleb was Bob Ross the entire time. Like a hundred percent, like just Bob Ross in the entire the entire CK Studios class. So nice, but that was a good time. I, I really enjoyed it. it, and really stepped up my painting game even further. Um, and I, I really feel like at that point, like it's like it, it kind of takes you be like you could paint for like half the day and you're like okay i'm already above tabletop standard at this point like are we oh do we have to keep going it's like oh yeah no we're going full monty my friend and it's it's pretty wild it's super good i would i would definitely like to see uh like the 102 and 103 classes that they're throwing out there which which is coming soon so uh but yeah that's pretty much all i got don't got a whole bunch painted some dust stuff you don't guys want to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> Old dust tactics. What an investment, buddy. <laughs> still uh, still moving forward with the dust stuff. Uh, me and my roommate got a game in, so that was kind of fun. But other than that, still, uh, <laughs> still looking for dust players out there. So anyway, so that's everybody's hobby progress. Looks like we all had a good week so far. Most of us. Most of us had a good week. Uh, I'm, you know, it's one of the things that like, I'm, I'm sorry about this whole spiel that we keep going over here. It's one of those things where like, after this painting classes I took, I'm excited every day to come home and paint. So like, after Ryan took his classes, after he went and took his MKA class, and then he was just like coming home every day beasting. Like, I feel like I now understand how he was able to do that because I'm at work sitting there knowing that there's like, like today I got my, my, uh, my shields in for my terminators so I can finally finish up my, my Imperial fist terminators. And I was literally thinking about that all day. And so I came home for lunch and I got them prepped so I could paint them. It's like, so there's no work. It's just like, boom, just spray them and go like that's like what what like it totally reinvigorated me to start painting like into like a whole nother level because it's like i don't know i guess because like the reward you get is like a nicely painted model that you cannot believe you painted so must be nice are you going to do like a whole imperial fist army now since Uh, you like have these new skills so, so, so for sure, I mean, I, I will have a whole Imperial Fist army. It won't be a really fun playable army uh, because I think I'll have like three units of uh, 10-man Terminator squads. I'll have a 20-man Breacher squad, a Termite, 30 Last Cannon dudes. Like there, there's going to be a lot of stuff that won't really translate well outside of being on a wall. Uh, so I'll definitely have to see how I can fill that out. I'll probably have to get with Ryan and his list-making abilities and be like, hey, how do I make these phalanx warders work in my... No, play. <laughs> but it's... Uh, um, 
It's I'll have the core units. I just won't have any vehicles, uh, just because all my stuff right now will be on a wall. So I, I don't think it'll take a whole lot. But you can go beast on some centurion. Yeah, I can definitely beast on some centurion. But it'll it, it'll be a while before it's done. I, I think that the rate I'm going, I'm basically finishing a, a unit a week, uh, as long as everything's in. I think I should be done in probably about a month and a half. Should be completely done as long as I'm knocking out the full unit a week. So. Should be, cool. Should be dope. But yeah, probably won't end up having an Imperial Fist. I will absolutely have an Imperial Fist army, but I don't know if I'll ever play that army off of the wall. Just throw it away once in a while. What would you say is your main army? Like, what army do you enjoy the most that you own? My Blood Angels. By far. Ooh. Yeah. My Blood Angels Dreadnought army is hands down my favorite army to play. Uh, it's just a little beardy. It's a little rough. And so... Um, I was pretty determined to take my sisters to Adepticon and pretty determined to run full sisters. Uh, so I have been playing them, but my blood angels would probably be like my main army. They're, they're fully done. Like they're hundred percent, like 3000 points ready to go. Got a whole bunch of extra dreadnoughts, stuff like that. Uh, but I started building towards other, uh, additions to my blood angels. But I think at this point, just because of the, paint style would be completely different now uh they'll probably just go remain this fury of the ancients level blood angels yeah. but yeah that's my favorite army that's my main army that's my main squeeze respectable nice. it's like it's like it's like the one you pull out of your back pocket it's like oh you want to see some shit all right cool would you down. would you consider like revamping them for book nine or oh book, yeah absolutely book eight? Oh, absolutely yeah I just don't. I don't really see Book Eight like tossing too much love towards Blood Angel Dreadnought. So we'll see. So I feel like I feel like it's gonna get it's gonna get a uh, it's gonna remain the same after after the book drops. I feel like. So, so anyway, let's do some voicemails. How about that? Hell yeah! What we got today? So, first things first. Let's go and see what we got here. We got an email from Powerful Lucas Lion titled Termite. It says, hey, man, Lucas here. I love y'all's termite breakdown on the last episode, and I think you're right. It does suffer from not being an assault vehicle, which makes it basically only good for delivering shooty units, which an anvilist can do better. And breachers, because of the extra capacity. However, I did hear about a niche use that I had a niche use it I hadn't considered before. It's the only model with a tank type in the fast attack slot, making Dark Angel's Ironwing Protocol much easier to field. You buy three tax squads with rhinos, but deploy the rhinos empty. Cheeky, I know. And then put them in three termites, effectively giving you three more tanks, which you could offset with dreadnoughts to gain the benefits of the tank hunter special rule. Also, don't really have a book in front of me, but does it does it gaining fast in an armored breakthrough list make it worth any more? I don't think it does, but it's food for thought. Hmm. I thought it. It thought it had a rule where it says it can't move any further than whatever inches. So I don't ma- I don't think it matters. It can't move faster than uh, combat speed. So right, but so doesn't does, matter what. Does its combat, yeah, combat speed sp- increase with armored breakthrough? No. Okay, so yeah, so no, it can't move faster than combat speed. So, um. He says, anyway, 
I'd also appreciate it if you would shout out our next event. We're going to be running a Great Crusade Olnor campaign weekend on May 5th through the 6th at Texas Toy Soldier in Carrollton, Texas. The cost is $10 per day, and players will be required to bring an 1850-point list on day one and up to 3,000 points day two for a culminating mega battle. More details can be found at the Lone Star Legion Facebook page or by joining the North Texas Horse Heresy 30K group on Facebook. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Powerful Lucas Lion and powerful event. That Olinor campaign weekend is going to be super fun. I'm super excited to see that. That I think, sounds rad. I think Josh is going to run up there and take a fuck ton of orcs over there. Because Josh has something like 15,000 points in orcs or like 20,000. Some stupid number that is so big <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. An irresponsible number of orcs. Yeah, just a unnecessary amount of orcs that he has collected up over the years. And so I think he's going to take all that up. But if you guys, if you're looking, if you're in Texas, anywhere in Texas... And you're looking for a good time. Actually, if you're in Oklahoma, if you're in Louisiana, I know there's Louisiana listeners out there. Um, I would definitely make that trip over to uh, Carrollton, Texas. It's over there by Dallas. The Texas Toy Soldier. Uh, these these events run by the Lone Star Legion guys. Jo- the two Johns, Lucas, William, all those guys. Uh, they get it done. These These events are so much fun to play in. Uh, these guys really care about the hobby. They put so much work into these events. I guarantee you're going to have a good time, and I guarantee it's probably going to be one of the best fit events you've ever played in. So, Shout out to them. Shout out to the Lone Star Legion. Love them. So. Let's see what else we got. That's for a RFI patch. It's for another RFI patch. All right. We got an actual voicemail. Let's kick her off. Oh, oh, what? Hold on. Oh, dang. Hold on. Uh, we get text messages? What? Yeah, we get text messages. I, don't, I didn't know that our voicemail got text messages, but listening to your podcast and join a stake. Stay in your lane. Wow, okay. Yeah, Apparently so... you I, can text us at... Uh, 209 RFI 30K0. It definitely... Just the text, does it say? It, it gives us a number, but it doesn't... It doesn't actually... It doesn't actually do anything. Well, if you shoot us a text, feel free to let us know who you are as well. Or don't. Your choice. Okay. Hey, you guys. First of all, I just want to thank you for an awesome podcast. It's really enjoyed up here in the great Northwest of the Evergreen so anyway, I kind of wanted to pay forward all your entertainment and advice and solid army building lists with a, uh, a little story from my time in the service. Uh, just to kind of preface this, I was a, a crew chief on C-5 Galaxies, so I bent wrenches on big-ass airplanes. And for whatever reason, they decided to send me and a few of my other C-5 mechanics to this little shithole called Fort Chaffee, Arkansas, which is just outside of Fort Smith, Arkansas for the Joint Readiness Training Center before it was moved to Fort Polk, Louisiana. So we're out in the middle of the woods working on C-130s on dirt runways. None of us have ever done this before in our lives or our careers. Okay, no problem. It's the Oklahoma Army National Guard that's there for their two weeks during the summertime of getting their asses handed to them by the 7th Infantry Division who's playing off for at the time. Yes, this is a few years ago, it's like 93, 94. 
anyway, we're on this uh, dirt airstrip working on these airplanes, and uh, they're Oklahoma Air National Guard C-130s that we're working on. And uh, one night we didn't have any to, to work with. They were all doing airdrops in the drop zone. So my buddies from out of Dias, Texas, who are parachute breakers, said, hey, man, why don't you come on out to the drop zone with us? we got to pick up these uh, uh, parachute containers and uh, get all the cargo off the airfield as these guys drop it. So that's freaking awesome. When we done it, well, we're doing it tonight. They're supposed to be doing this, you know, between midnight and 4 o'clock in the morning, dropping this cargo. they got four aircraft, and we'll be pulling all the cargo down. So, shit, that sounds like fun. We have nothing else doing. So we head up to the airfield that night and uh, down into the drop zone. And there's about 20 of us standing around, and it's white drizzle. And we're out there waiting. They give me a rundown. They say, you know, okay, each one of these pallets are just rations that are coming off, but they're still like 800 fucking pounds. And uh, each one of these things is going to have a, a freaking like 20 red chem lights hung on it so we can see them fall through the air as they leave the aircraft. We get the fuck away from them. And when they hit the ground, we'll run out to them with, uh, with our Humvees and hook chains up to them and drag them off to the shoulder so we can get the next aircraft in. No problem. The first aircraft goes by, and it's freaking awesome, you know. Coolest thing I've ever seen in my adult life up to that point. First aircraft flies by, they shove all their cargo out. We get out there, and we pull off. I think it was like 16, 16 bundles from, uh, from each aircraft is what came out. Second aircraft went by, no problem whatsoever. Okay, three minutes is where the voicemail stops, and so let me go ahead and see. Let's go ahead and pick up the next part of the voicemail. Fourth aircraft went by, and this dumb motherfucker flying that airplane decided he needed to turn on all of his landing lights, which on a C-130, they can position them full. He had six landing lights pointed straight down. He put them all on right as he was overhead, blinded all of us. It turned pitch black into the brightest daylight staring at the sun you could imagine. And then turned them off. So now you have 20 guys that have six burning blue balls in their freaking eyes, running around like a bunch of dumbass Keystone cops, bouncing off of each other, trying to find something to get underneath, heading for the woods, what have you. No one was injured, fortunately, but this fourth aircraft, he managed to take off four of our vehicles because not only was he turning the lights on, but he was just a little bit askew of that drop zone and ended up dropping 10 800-pound pallets of rations on top of four Humvees freaking completely wrecking the damn thing. <laughs> anyway, that's probably one of the... Uh, one of the more interesting things I get to see during my time in the service. So thanks for the show, guys. Keep up the great work. Look forward to hearing more. Bye. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Whoops. <laughs> you guys are tax dollars like work, that? ladies and gentlemen. Your tax dollars will work. What do we do? Do you ever drop any cargo on anything? No, no, I never did. Fortunately, those people will lie. Where it was supposed to go. But. <laughs> so responsible. How do you manage to hit four Humvees though? That's like a that's that's the real treat. <laughs> that's a new record. <laughs> like with one pallet of rations, you managed to knock out four Humvees. That's real, dude. 
Equal parts negligence and skill. <laughs> good on him. Good on him. Either way you look at it. So, good lord, that's so wild. And could you imagine how terrifying that would be to immediately be blinded and to know that there's an 800 pound pallet coming and you just got to hope that you're not in the way of it? That's definitely one of the most terrifying experiences I'm sure that he's ever had to deal with in his life. So, appreciate your call, man. And hopefully there's tons of heresy going on in the northwest of the Evergreen State. So, let's see what else we got. Uh, Powerful Steven. Some list help. We'll go over that here in a little bit. All right, this comes from Derek. It says bear story for list help. So we're going to do the bear story, and we'll talk about the list help a little bit later. Uh, so Derek says, I was camping on Lake Owen in my roommates with my roommates from Wyotech back in 05. Had a good time there for most of the day, drinking, pretending to fish, shit like that. Uh, most of the, uh, the whole day, at least once an hour, this old couple came around the campsite telling everyone the rules about bears in the park. Put your garbage in the bear-proof dumpster. Don't leave food out at night. What to do if approached by a bear. You couldn't walk 20 feet without seeing these rules, so me and the other guy decided with all the bear talk to just sleep in the car. About 1 o'clock in the morning, we hear this screaming come from the next campsite about 50 feet over. There's a bear in our camp! It's eating all the food! Uh, over and over again. Moon's out, so I have a peek out the window to have a look. At least two black bears I can see are going to town in the tables and coolers. They had all gotten shit-faced and did exactly none of the things they had been told. This went on for over an hour before they finally had their fiddle and left. Not one cooler or any item left out was untouched. The beer cans being torn apart open was the funniest part. People from the other campsites around came around to tell these people how fucking stupid they were and to clean up their shit. I didn't even know bears drink beer. Thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. <laughs> so, nice. bears are just party crashers, man. That's all it sounds like. <laughs> like I haven't really, yep. I haven't really heard about bears fucking anybody up except for that one girl who got eaten alive and called her mom. That was pretty shitty. But other than that, man, they seem like I guess it's just a type of bear. Like black bears seem like the the Winnie the Poohs of the bear bunch. Like it doesn't really <laughs> seem like they're like I, <laughs> like I don't. I don't really see what, like, because black bears just don't seem scary. They actually seem kind of like the... I think black bears are cool the bear. I think it's just because they live around people. Like, they they live, like, you know, Rocky Mountain, like, Smoky Mountain State Park and shit that's populated. I think that's why it has something to do with it. I'm sure if there were as many fucking grizzly bears running around, then that would be a problem, too, but... Yeah, I feel like if you it's heard just the their nature too, they're a lot smaller and just less aggressive. Usually, yeah. the only time you hear about people being attacked by black bears, it has something to do with their cubs. Yeah, I feel like if I heard the, oh, oh, you know that scary noise coming out from the woods, and I saw a black bear come around the corner, I'm gonna go, oh thank god, you know, like oh, oh it's just a black bear. I thought it was something to be afraid of. Get out of here. You, what, what does that guy say? You fat piece of shit. Yeah. What up, you fat piece of shit? Get out of here. Yeah. 
Rough as black bears. Yeah, I would have definitely uh, airsoft pistols those black bears, and I'm sure they would have left. So, uh, as this show progressive, I gain more little like less and less respect for the black bear. So I probably will get mauled by one one day. So <laughs> yeah, now now you just give me a taste of your middle finger. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so next one next voicemail we got hey guys it's Ben just calling in about the speed ratio of the termite now you guys are like oh well blah 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 well you guys keep forgetting total recall the original one with Arnold in it those little machines that drill through the walls yeah you remember that scene where the guy got ate up by the yeah, that's just not a point. But those things fucking drove right through those walls like they were paper mache. Because it was a movie. But that's beside the point. The simple fact is those things move pretty good. And, you know, they've got an extra, oh, God, 30,000 years, give or take two or 3,000, to make some better version. Come on, man. Take His logic is flawed. Stop And problem solved. Fucking, you know. Mach one, baby. <laughs> Don't turn left. You'll fuck right into the core. Later, guys. All right. Let him know about that dark age, dark age technology. <laughs> For real. Let's. Uh, okay. So, so his, his argument is between solid Earth and a wall, because a wall, you know, it doesn't have the same structural integrity because it's thin. Obviously, extremely thin relative to the fucking earth and ground. So, you know, it's like the difference of taking a single sheet of paper and pushing your finger through it or trying to push your fucking finger through a phone book. It's the same material, but good luck pushing your finger through a fucking phone book. All right, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. <laughs> so, 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 so... The Space Marines uh, and the, the Imperium of Man has metallurgy, like metal, that's strong enough to to enter the Earth's atmosphere. And, like, they put this on just, like, normal, normal-ass, like, pods that they use and, like, disposable pods. So hey, I would imagine... we do that now. We do that. I went to the Museum of Science and Industry and saw the fucking space pod that came through the atmosphere. And we took pictures of it for weathering... So, so so hear me out so they have that on just like on like they have that in the millions right so i would imagine that these drill tips on these drills are insane some insane super metal that we don't even know about yet and that that just can tear through like like butter a hot knife through butter through the dirt so i feel i feel like they could move pretty fast and these drill bits that they're using are just insane. Like, you know, like whenever you're using the wrong drill bit for the application and then somebody's like, hey, man, you're supposed to be using the, you know, concrete bit. And you're like, what? Like, have you ever, have you ever used a concrete bit after you've been trying to use a non-concrete bit for a while and then you just slice through something like butter? I feel like that'd be the same, the same thing with a termite. Nah. Drilling through fucking masonry, even with a masonry bit, is fucking hard. <laughs> it, you burn up the bit super fucking fast. <laughs> so that's true. That's true. But, you know, 
I have tried to drill with a regular bit, fucked up my shit, and then got an actual whatever the fuck those concrete driver things are and went to town on that. And I was like, oh, this is the right tool for the right job. I don't know what kind of diamond they used to tip this thing, but I feel like in the far 41st millennia, they'd have some sort of super metal that could handle that. I don't know. Just playing a little devil's advocate here. So... Thank you, thank you for calling in, Ben. Hopefully, hopefully this sparks a debate. I feel like we're already like I feel like our Patreon supporters. As soon as they hear this, they're gonna start up this damn debate in the Patreon chat. Like I can already feel this. I'm gonna wake up in the morning, and this is gonna be like a long topic about the termite and how fast it can move underground. So, well, in a big fucking geology debate. Yeah, we've got some scientists in the in the chat, man. Oh yeah. Carlos, get ready because you're gonna <laughs> your engineering skills are needed. Uh, we're gonna find out. There's a, there's so many professionals in the Patreon chat, like like real life professionals that you you find out that that's what they do for a living, and then they when they chime in on their area of expertise, you're like, oh, okay, cool. I now know somebody who does X. You know, nice. You know, so we'll have a full breakdown, I'm sure. Okay. I'm about to have a fucking breakdown right now on these fucking legs. Losing your mind or what? Yeah, just like, I want to leave the sculpted lightning because I like lightning. But some have to like pick off the like trim between where the lightning forks and it's just like, oh my god. Yep. That sounds like a first world problem if I ever heard one. Fucking shoot me in the head, god. So the next email comes from Keith Townsend from the uh, Powerful Legion of Lies podcast over there with Alistair. Go give them a listen. He says, all right, guys, love your show as always. Been in need of some list helps for my wolves, uh, but I know it will cost me a story. Uh, To be honest, I'm a bit of a boring cunt, but I do have one story, so here it goes. This is a story about a stag do, which I'm guessing is a there's a bachelor party, right? Stag do? Bachelor party? Same let's thing? Go, let's go with think that. think so, yeah. Yeah. So as a group, we was we were having trouble to think of ideas as pranks to play on the groom. With the day closing up fast, we couldn't think of anything until one of our friends, you know the type of friend every group has one, but we thought, okay, until one of our friends, you know the type of friend, every group has one. But we thought, okay, let's see what he does. Well... His great idea was to spike the group's drink with laxatives. Whoa, he got a little crazy. Before any of us could tell him no, it was too late. So we carry on with the night out, and after a few hours, still nothing has happened to the groom. Now our friend is getting a bit pissed off with this and decides to go back and give him another shot of the laxatives. Now it was getting late and the groom's dad and future father-in-law had gone home and it's time for the real party to begin. So we have found the most dirtiest strip club we could and went there. Now the laxatives have gone completely out of our minds, rightly. So with all the alcohol and tits going around, with this not in our thoughts, we buy the groom a lap dance. Now the laxatives have kicked in. And while this lady has her head in between the groom's legs, an explosion of the worst kind happens. And, well, yes, you guessed it, shit everywhere. He couldn't stop. The smell was so bad we could smell it outside the booth. Well, all I can say is that the dancer definitely earned her pay and a big tip. She didn't even wince. 
So after the dance, he steps out and by the pale, sweaty look on his face and the John Wayne walk, we knew exactly what happened and left that place pretty sharpish. I know it's not the best story, but I hope it's earned me a list. Cheers, guys, and thanks for the great podcast. Keith from the Legion of Lies podcast. Oh, my Jesus. Goodness. So, so they put laxative in his drink. It doesn't go off for the evening. They decide to bump up the laxative level to obscene levels of laxative, and then they go to a strip club, strippers in between his legs, and he shits on the stripper, and she's cool with it. <laughs> she's like, all right. I, I bet that that stripper goes around the UK telling people that she gives good, such good lap dances, <laughs> she makes dudes shit their pants. Like, is that a is that a warning that she should give off from now on? Like, hey, before we get started, you might shit your pants. <laughs> you just might shit your pants. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Men at work, I may or may not still do this, but they're notorious for hazing. It's like the worst hazing ever because they're all a bunch of fucking meatheads. Like, I could not work in that department. It's like way... I can't even describe the type of environment that it is. But if they know you're getting married, they'll do this thing called picking, where they fucking wrestle you down, strip you naked, tape oh. you to something with fucking, with fucking like duct tape where you can't move and then pluck all your fucking pubes out with linesman pliers. Wow. And then some, sometimes they'll fucking paint you with this. I don't even know what it is. It's like some type of conductive paint. It's like a bright silvery green paint that linemen use. If somebody's in the industry, they may know what it is, but it's like super fucking industrial level fucking paint and you can paint someone with it and they literally like it's that cut like so they would like Sometimes, like, paint their ball sack with it or paint their fucking chest with it or whatever, and there's, like, no getting it once it dries. You just got to wait for the skin to die. salt, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's bad, dude. I've heard some horror stories about that, and there's been some people sort of kind of not really getting trouble over it. It's kind of a weird thing. So you just get married and tell people afterwards that you just, you got hitched. (laughs) Like, you go. Sometimes they just get it. To like the new guys or whatever, it's called picking. They said so and so got picked. That's what they mean. Say, they mean <laughs> if you ever you want got... to see Scott's Agent Orange start acting up, try to <laughs> fucking duct tape me to something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> try and bring pliers next to my pubes. This <laughs> is gonna get a little wild. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what the problem is. Like I said, they're all fucking meatheads. They're all like X fucking like super elite high level college wrestlers and there's like a dozen of them so good luck fucking fighting them off because <laughs> just a bunch of chads <laughs> yeah oh my goodness it's harrowing <laughs> for real I didn't, I'm, I didn't need to hear that uh, next one comes up student shit story hey dudes figured it was time for another shit story to grace the podcast this comes from Matt it said, there will be no names in this to protect people, the people, students, schools involved. So when I was doing my Bachelor of Education degree, I was working at this one junior high here in Alberta, Canada. Uh, this school has a large special needs behavioral program called Access. <laughs> this is getting pretty specific. Which, as you can imagine, could lead to some interesting occurrences. 
this one student was a frequent issue for staff in these programs as they were on the ASD spectrum and loved, and I mean loved, to yell fuck me uh, at the top of their lungs while walking around the school. But that's not where this story is heading. This student also loved to misbehave but hated getting any form of punishment. Now, I'm not sure of the details leading up to this particular instance, but so, but, uh, but one day I was on a prep period chilling in a staff room when I start hearing her going off at someone in the room next door. Nothing odd here, yet then I start smelling shit come from the next room and come out into the hall to see them fleeing their shit around the room and their teacher and later on at the principal. Uh, Still in her first week at the school, once they were out of ammo, the support worker went into the room with a towel, wrapped the students up, and took them to the office. Whilst the poor custodian, who already never looked happy, was called in to clean up the mess. Happening just before lunch, we had to block off the entire hall with chairs so no one could get into this area and see the damage or smell it. Long story short, I am glad I no longer work at that school or with the access program. Anyways, thanks for the great podcast, Matt. Good lord. That is that is uh that is a shit like show. Fucking monkeys. <laughs> that is that is rough. I'm sorry, Matt. So, that, so that stories games. always start with a legal disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> of, <laughs> so it's all fun and games till you start slinging shit. Yeah. So this next story comes from Powerful Jamie, uh, our own Jamie, <coughs> the, Powerful Jamie, the the runner of the Toys for Tots program. He says, "So this comes. This says animal science stories, and it says, so being an urbanite that went from a very small private snooty school, kindergarten through twelfth, I wanted a drastic change in my environment for college." I was pretty much cast aside by my college counselor when I decided I did not want to go to an Ivy League school and at that a large public university. I looked around and decided I liked the atmosphere at a few at the large southern U.S. schools and was interested in the pre-veterinary science programs. I ended up at a semi-rural agricultural business and engineering school with around 26,000 students. That's in the SEC conference. I'll leave it at that with some of the associated stories that I am prepared to elaborate about. Preface, if you are a PETA-type person, you probably will want to avoid this stories of series of stories. If you are a person eating tasty animals, congratulations, you will enjoy. Uh, what did Scott just say about prefacing with disclaimers? <laughs> like, we're about to get into some stuff, yep, boys. This is a good sign that we're going down a good road here. I, I feel like, <laughs> you know what, let's just let's dive in. It says story one, and uh, in the... We're going to go ahead and in the <laughs> there's a lot of stories in here. So to preserve time in this podcast, we will read off the first story and then uh, the next episode we will bring in another stories. So story one, the meat we eat. One of my first weed out classes, a.k.a. classes used to kick you out of the pre-vet program was a food sciences class. I sat down the very first day of class and found out we had a new to the university professor. Uh, I looked at the syllabus and saw there was a requirement of two times a week, three-hour labs at the on-campus meat lab. This was a pass-fail. If you had an unexcused absence, you failed. Unlike most of my labs up to the point, 
it was not a Friday morning at 6 a.m. Woot, Thursday night, trivial and all-you-can-eat wings. Also on the syllabus was a very unique list of books and mandatory school supplies. This list included book, The Meat We Eat, a 1,600-plus page, $750 book. My draw job dropped. I have had expensive textbooks, but none had gone over the $150, $200 range at that point. Supplies, set of Kevlar no-cut gloves, eye protection goggles, was told to go to the firearms or gun store and get wraparounds, a waist scabbard, a set of Wustoff non-slipped grip knives and a sharpener, a knee-high lab coat, and finally a construction-grade hard hat. We were also told we were to wear closed-toed shoes and semi-war clothing that you did not mind getting dirty, and that was flexible. So, yeah, was looking around the class to see if anyone else was dumbfounded as I was at that point. So the cost of all the supplies was more than I was paying to go to school for the semester, which was an issue in all of itself. So the first day of lab, I found out that the building was on the edge of campus, about 10 miles away from where most of the classroom buildings and dorms were. I had to bike out to the facility on my bike as I had no car being a freshman. I had to wear heavy winter clothing and backpack the other gear when it was most in the upper 90s with high humidity like most of the deep south gets in August and September. When I arrived, I I find out the facility is actually a USDA testing lab and teaching facility, a.k.a. a meat processing facility. There was also a livestock arena attached with stockades outside as well. So we find out, it's all new course after all, that our lab is going to be inside the meat processing facility, like not a room in it, but on the slaughterhouse floor that is active. The professor and GTA introduced themselves and decided to get right down to it. They cart in a mooing 1,200 to 300 pounds. They put in a holding pin, so a big-ass cow. At this point, people will want to tune out if they have a weak stomach. Last warning. They use what's called a captive bolt gun, which you have seen in No Country for Old Men. You have seen a version of the of carried by the drug cartel hitman. This one uses a 22 caliber starting pistol cartridge. There's a loud bang and the cow goes semi-limp. Basically, what this device does is not outright kill the animal, but for lesser terms, make it brain dead, but still alive. <laughs> Fuck. At this point, there are a few of my classmates a bit disturbed. The professor then wheels over a ceiling-mounted transit gaff. They take a gaff and stab the cow through one of its rear hawks and they raise it up to the overhead rail system. The cow is literally dangling from the metal gaff through its Achilles tendons areas upside down. Some more classmates freak out. One throws up. The cow is more... The cow has moved over to what I describe as a mega-sized funnel that feeds it into a 255-gallon drums underneath. Seriously, thanks for sticking it up to this point. Big payoff. The professor takes one of its Wasoff knives out and proceeds to slit the cow's neck, severing both jugular veins. The volume of warm steaming... The volume of warm steaming... Remember, the cow's technically still alive and the heart is still beating. Blood cannot be accurately described. Think of a head getting popped in an action film about 100,000 times. Remember the 55-gallon drum below, filled with a red ichor. I was near the front of my classmates watching at this point. The professor had not said a word, though, any of this process up until this point. I started hearing the hollow popping sound, kind of like a thud mixed with something hitting the floor tile in the bathroom. 
like in a rapid succession, this noise increased to a crescendo of what was the sound of several people vomiting. I turned back to see what was going on. The popping sound was classmates fainting and hitting their heads on the polished concrete floors. There was about five Ooh. or six people other than me still upright and non-vomiting. The professor finally spoke, s- says, congratulations, you're all likely to pass this class, then instructed us to assist the roughly 20 to five, 25 to 30 that were passed out or in the process of vomiting. He turned and went back to work dressing the carcass, which also included a mechanical skinner that literally pops the 1,200-pound carcass out of its skin into one action, kind of like a set of metal external ribs that are spread, that spring-loaded with a cow's rib cage while it gets pushed from this from behind. The skin is usually the most valuable part of the cow, so it was or done early. The professor tells us that our final is to dress a carcass from from mooing and pooing to steak in the next door butcher shop. Needless to say, the next day there was a line outside the dean's office of students complaining of, and or dropping the class. More fun stories to come, Jamie. <laughs> so, <laughs> mooing and pooing. <laughs> <laughs> so wow, but that makes total sense, dude. Like if you're gonna be a veterinarian, like that seems like the proper class for you to take. Like, like if you can't handle that, you're probably not gonna be able to handle some of the crazy vet stuff that you run it's into. A gross job, man. Fucking animals are nasty. God. So, powerful Jamie, man. <laughs> that was a one hell of a story. Uh, if you're a younger listener and you're planning on taking the veterinary program, get yourself prepared. <laughs> Maybe don't eat before your labs. Yeah, I know exactly what university is talking about. And if everyone's wondering, Jamie's a really big Alabama Crimson Tide fan. So if you're friends with him on Facebook, send him a, you know, a roll tide. He'll love that. <laughs> Just make sure you take care. Just take care. And Jake Bussey, too, while you're yeah, at Jake it. Jake Bussey as well. Big, big Bama fan. Big Nick yeah. Saban fan in general. Yeah. Mm. Let him know. So we have two more voicemails from Alice there. I'm thinking we should probably save them for the next podcast just because just in the, in the in preserving time, I feel like we should probably hold them off because it's two voicemails that we still need to play. Uh, so that's Alistair from Legion Last Podcast. So we'll go ahead and move on to some Toys for Tots talk. So this comes from Jamie. And these are all the things that are needed for the 2018 Sons of Horus. Uh, so Ryan Bridges is actually the one that's painting these. Uh, so if you know who Ryan Bridges is, he actually paints a number of Toys for Tots armies. And uh, if you want to listen to his voice and listen to him talk, he's actually on the... Say it, Derek. Oh, the Remembrancer Retreat? Remembrancer Retreat. Yeah. Uh, remembrancer 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 yeah so remembrancer retreat i can't say it so you know it's kind of i don't like it so powerful ryan bridges over there uh he and powerful dave and both of them got good on him they uh they run that podcast i think on the latest episode he actually talks about the things he needs i know david samson's on there recently giving a breakdown of his adepticon experience so go give them a listen guys uh, so everything he needs right now looks like the halves he has, or actually I'll just give you what he needs. It looks like they're needing five Jastaran Terminators, uh, two Anvilus Pattern Dreadclaws, two Javelin Attack Speeders, two Land Raider Phobos, a Leviathan Dreadnought, and a Dreadnought Drop Pod. 
I'd be highly interested in any donations of wraparound kits from Blood and Skulls Industries, which would give an awesome aesthetic boost to the stock Games Workshop kits. Um, so, guys, if y'all want to donate, you can send an email to jamie at warhammer30k.com. These kits will go to the uh, Toys for Tots eBay auction that ends up uh, getting all the proceeds get donated to Toys for Tots to help kids during the winter holidays uh, get gifts. Underprivileged kids get gifts of things they need and as well things they are hoping for so they get a normal Christmas uh, all covered by the Marines. Uh, if you do decide to donate any of those Justarians and Village Dreadclaws, those Javelin Tax Beaters, Lionel Phobos, Leviathan, or the Dreadnought Drop Pod, uh, Jamie will work with you and give you the proper paper, paperwork to write it off on your taxes as well. So, uh, powerful Jamie, that's J-A-M-E at Warhammer30k.com, and he will get you taken care of. And also, powerful Ryan Bridges over at their, what is it, Derek? The Remembrancer Retreat. Remembrancer Retreat. I have trouble saying that word, so. So, good on that. So, let's go to list. Scott, you have been past the list this week. Iron Warriors, right? Yes, sir. So, we got an email from Scythe Thorn. And he wanted a little help with his Iron Warrior, so the email is as follows. I'll give it a quick read. I've recently found the podcast and found it excellent with all the hobby advice, banter, and voicemails. I am attending a heresy event at the start of May, the Ghoul Stars Aggression by Greetings from the Warp here in the UK. I think one of you guys played Andy, uh, the Imperial Fist player, and that's the dude I played at LVO with a really, really well-painted army. Um said his original plan was to take Perturabo, Iron Circle, and a boatload of Terminators. I tried the list last night, and it didn't go so well. I was hoping for some advice. list deadline is April 29th. All right, so originally what he ran was Perturabo, three Iron Circle, a two-unit Cataphracty Terminators, two five-man units with Plasma Blasters and a Plasma Blaster and Power Fist, Tartarus Terminators with three Kami Meltas and Power Fist, two Leviathans on foot with Meltalant, Siege Drill, Armored Ceramide, Phosphex, Volkite. Another one had a Storm Cannon and Siege Drill, Phosphex Discharger as well. And two units of five um, Siege Tire Terminators. So this is the stuff he has. This is the stuff he gave me to work. Um, he has all that stuff he listed in addition to a Praetor, a Siege Breaker. The Praetor is the, is the like the... You know how Praetor Force come in two packs from Ford World, you get the Terminator guy and you get the like the dismounted uh regular, you know, two up armor save guy or five. He's like resting on the sword. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's the model. Yeah, not uh, even Praetor. Yes, the event only Siege Breaker, Thunder Hammer guy with cataphractic Terminator armor on a Primus Medicaid. He has thirty tacticals, three rhinos, five melted support marines, five more Tartarus guys with two plasma blasters in there, a couple of comedy weapons, five last cannon support marines, a whirlwind scorpius, a spartan he's building and painting now, and a mastodon. And uh, Psy can paint his ass off. He attached some pictures of stuff he has painted so far, and it looks fantastic. So, um, I don't know, Mike, look all that up chat or whatever. Got the same email I did. So, um, does a really good job. So, this is how I, I turned it around. Um, 
lists he had, it didn't really have like a right of war or anything. It did like very well. So I wanted to kind of give it a theme. You know, use some of the tactical layers that are there. You know, place rights and stuff. Try to try to give it something better. And I, I think I've done it without making any significant. He doesn't really have to buy any new models. So what I did was. He said this this list is for three thousand points. Um, I did a Pride of the Legion list for Rabo, and the first HQ is a Siege Breaker and Terminator armor that that event only model. Just playing him as a Siege Breaker. Uh, gave him his combi Volkite that he comes with and the Thunder Hammer. And then I took that little dismounted Praetor dude who's leaning on the sword and uh, going to make him into a Forge Lord. Uh, I gave the Forge Lord an Augury Scanner, Volkaiser, Penta, Power Weapon, Sword, because that's what he comes with. Belt of Bombs, the Refractor Field, and the Cortex Control. All you should need to make him like a, a Forge Lord outside of what you know what he looks like is a servo arm. So if you can come up with a bit to make that look you know, pretty cool, go for it. Um, his troops units, he's got... Two five-man unit of cataphractic terminators that he mentioned, uh, with the power fist and one plasma blaster each, and then two ten-man veteran squads. Um, the idea behind this is you're just going to take those regular tacticals and play them as veterans. That's not going to ruffle any feathers. And I'll talk a little bit on how to make them, how to spruce them up a little bit here in a second. But two two ten-man units of veteran tactical marines. Um, Give him melta bombs as an upgrade. Put him in a rhino with a dozer blade and a pedal mounted multi melta. Uh, moving on to your elites, you got three Domitar Ferrum. You said you want to play them, so they're in the list. And then we go to heavy, five tyrants, just as they come. They're pretty expensive, 295. Uh, Whirlwind Scorpius. And those five last cannon guys, you're going to play them as Iron Havocs. So. Give them all last cannons. The sergeant, you're going to give him Artificer Armor and an Augury Scanner. And then your Lord of War is Perturabo with a hammer. So the idea is it's Pride of Legion list. And the requirements are met by that. So you have eight units that have Legionus to start. as opposed to five who don't. So you meet that prerequisite for it. You're going to take that Forge Lord guy and make a Forge Lord out of the little dismounted Praetor dude. Kind of talks about how to do that. But, you know, use your imagination. That model should work fine for it as long as you give it a servo. Um, the cool thing about him is if if he's with that unit of Iron Circle, that's going to be 15 strength 5 heavy pinning shots because he has an artery scanner as well. So if anybody deep strikes near him or whatever, someone's dropping in a drop pod full of veterans that wound you on fours or whatnot, you're going to have interceptor that are 15 shots and pinning. So that's not, that doesn't suck. Um, also, the cool thing about the Iron Circle is they already re-roll their failed saves against templates, and if someone has Phosphex or something, they have to re-roll the wounds because Flesh Pain and Poison Weapons have to re-roll successful rolls of wound against robots. So they're actually very, very sturdy, you know, for being out in the open field, which is good because that's all they can do. Um, another really important thing about him... And the last thing that's really important about that Forge Lord is a lot of people forget that those Iron Circle do have the Cybernetica Cortex rule, so you need a independent character with a Cortex controller attached. You can't put a Pravian in there because Pravian can only go with units that he buys, like Castellax, Rax, things like that. And uh, it's not really ideal to buy a Warsmith in this situation because if he dies, he just gives up an additional kill point as well. It's just part of his rule. 
so you can take a forge lord he's cheap he has cortex controller he'll let those iron circle run and stuff in the open so they can actually get in close combat and a little cool thing he can also heal wound on one of those iron circle guys every turn with the servo arm he has the battlesmith special so that's pretty neat um a big thing that's going to help this list function is Perturabo lets you start rolling for reserves on turn one. That's really, really good. So you have two units of Cataphracti Terminators. They're, everything in the, in the army that's in Terminator armor is allowed to deep strike because of Perturabo. And you can start rolling for those guys on turn one. Um, ideally, they're a close combat unit, and they are only five guys, so it's only five wounds don't put them in the right place they stand a pretty good chance of dying very easily but i think with the amount of stuff you're going to have coming in turn one and being in their face you know this cataphracty aren't really going to be a priority to shoot that anyway so they might they might skate by okay but i want to i want to get too hung up on buying a lot of shooting upgrades for them because i think the best way to run cataphracty at least for me putting chain fists on them and then you know sending them forward to blow up tanks and stuff they do um, use your tactical models as vets. Uh, nothing stopping you from doing that. You know, if you have tactical marines, they, they can count as vets just as easy as they can count as basic dudes. If you want to spruce them up, you know, you can put the bolt pistol and chainsaw that comes on all the sprues for the trail of health models, things like that, make them look really cool. Um, cool thing about them is if you take those vets and make them marksmen, then you can roll for them to outflank on turn one because Perturabo's there. You also said you had rhinos. We put them in rhinos. You got outflanking rhino with no amount of bolts and veterans coming in on turn one. That doesn't suck. And then um, you can take Perturabo, put him with the siege breaker and the tyrants. So that that tyrant unit now has plus one ballistic skill and tank hunter because the siege breaker's in there. And they can deep strike on turn one as well. Um, you could also just as easily deploy them on the field. Because Perturabo has a Cognis Signum, which it counts as like a Nagri scanner for that unit. So they can also, you know, help double down on any kind of deep strike defense, plop them down somewhere, and anyone that comes in too close will just get shot up. Um, they'll have Tank Hunter, BS, you know, plus one ballistic skill because Perturabo's uh, Cognis Signum. They have Split Fire. And then he can shoot his bombardment as well at any other separate target. It doesn't even count as him firing weapons, so that's pretty neat. Um, the Scorpus, I mean, it's just good. You know, it's not a it's never a bad choice. It's 115 points. And if you do deep strike Perturabo in, where he draws line of sight to where something that the Scorpius doesn't, his Cognizant counts as a Nuncio Vox. So you can make that thing a little more, a little more accurate. Um, the Iron Havocs are a great choice because they're ballistic skill 5. They come with Tank Hunter stock. They're minus 1 to your cover save stock. Uh, the Sergeant has Artificer armor, so you can put him up front to tank wounds. You have an Augury scanner for him, so again, that's even more you know help against the Deep Striking Army. If you you know deploy him high up, deploy him in cover, and just let him shoot away. 48-inch range, it doesn't suck. They, they have all the upgrades you look for to try to fit in on a shooting unit, but they just have it standard. Um, the, the only real drawback to playing Pride of the Legion is if you lose all those veterans and Terminator units, you fork over two victory points, but if you do that, it's not good anyway. So I'm not worry about it too much. And you have four 
poor choices and a lot of other stuff your enemy's going to need to be concerned with dealing with as well. Um, what else? You know, you own all these models. The only things I think you're going to have to do to uh, to meet the list requirement that I just read off is find a servo arm for that guy you're going to make into a forge lord and find some pedal mounted multi melters for those two rhinos. Um, I didn't work in your leviathans that you had in your original list just because leviathans on foot, I get it, they're cool and they're very themey and all that good stuff, but it's it's really depressing when you don't get your money's worth out of a model that's that expensive and that big and badass. So, and then and leviathans on foot, they just don't it's very hard to put them in a position where they impact the game in a in a some you know in a way that is worth their um little the big hidden strength about this army is how mobile it is you start rolling for reserves on turn one you have all kinds of outflanking and deep striking stuff and you have a ton of interceptor between the tyrants the iron havocs the the iron circle guys i mean if someone's dropping in you can actually do a fair bit of damage to that's your list, Cy, and I will uh, shoot this over to him. I'll, I'll email it to you with all these notes. That sounds rock solid. <laughs> Classic Scott Iron Warriors list. So, I mean, the stamp of approval from the Perturabo son himself. There we go. All right. Well... Move on to some email questions and on to another list. Uh, Ryan, do you want to... We've got a story. Do you want another story or do you want to hold on to it for next episode? Let's hold on to the story. I want we That way we have stories next episode. It's called Broke Dick Story. How can you go wrong with that? Yeah, let's go ahead and say that story this episode. Let's go ahead and... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I changed my mind. We can't just throw that name out there and not read the story off. Let's hear it. You want to do it? Let's we'll save it. it. We'll save it. You said oh, save it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, Y'all know I, see what the words, I see the words ER. I see the words... Uh, candy. Sounds like some... Uh, loose woman named Candy. <laughs> it's capitalized, so that's actually a person's name. It's with it, with an I. Yep. So we get it. It's gonna be a dope story. Somebody has a great life. We get <laughs> it. They broke their dick one time, but they're not even. So. So do they have a question? Anyway. Do they have a question on the? No, it's just a story. Okay, so we'll hold off. We'll save it. Okay, so this guy wrote in. Uh, he also he has like some list questions, and then he has a story for payment. So this comes from Alex. He says, "Preemptive thanks for giving me a hand with this. It's not too flash hard. I'm not too flash hot at writing list. I'm a 30k newbie, so we'll see how it goes. So far, I have six borax." Six Thalax with two photon thrusters and six Thalax with two phase plasma fusils. So here's my idea for a list. Archmagos Reductor, so obviously he's running Reductor, uh, with a Bayant, Augury Scanner, Cyber Familiar, 
Jin Skeen, Loose Effects, Machinator Ray, Paragon Blade, and Power Fist. So I like this loadout. Now here's my problem with what he says about him, though. He'll sit back and give Sunder and plus one on the vehicle damage table to a Krios Venator tank or tank hunter with Thalex unit. You've just built like a 300-point fucking character that smashes the fuck out of things <laughs> in close combat. So if all you're going to do is sit back with this dude... Take all that fucking war gear off of you. I would leave him as he is, but maybe do something with him, like be more aggressive and push forward with him. He's going to be hard to fucking kill. Put him in a unit and maybe throw him in a, a cheap Triaros or something. Is he in an abeyant? So, is he on an abeyant? He's on an abeyant, but that's still just very bulky. You can still put him in a vehicle. Huh, okay. I was thinking about so, a way to get him below bulky status, but I guess yeah, he's gonna be, he will lose his murder. I mean a triar is twenty. Yeah. I mean I was thinking, so I was thinking I like I like putting him with uh skill axe because they have the rad furnace thing. Um they lower his tough so here's the thing. You can either put a rad furnace on your guy where they cancel out, but your dude still only stays uh tough five or whatever, whatever his base toughness is. Um, or you can put a machinery array on him and go to tough six, which then when you put him in the unit of um, uh, skill axe, he drops down to tough five if they're all touching bases when they get into assault or whatever. But he has the extra attacks from the machinator array, and when they're not touching or whatever, he's tough six. So I think it's better route to go with the machinator array and then just take the penalty on the... Uh, the rad furnaces from the skill axe. But that way you can go rad grenades and uh, the furnace. Knock your enemy down to toughness too. Yeah. I think that the... I don't have the book in front of me. There's so many fucking Arc Magos, I'm, and their war gear is all different. I'm still pretty sure the Arc Magos Reductor can take rad grenades. He doesn't have them on here, so maybe he can't. I don't know. I thought that they could. Um, I don't know. I don't have the mechanic in book, I don't think. Is it on my phone? Um, nope. So, somebody, some beat boot player can fucking shout at me if it's wrong. I don't really give a fuck. Um, but anyway, if he can, I'm just throwing that advice out there in general for mechanic players because there are Arc Magoses that can take it for sure. Um, so then he has two units. Of six Thalax with phase plasma fusils to mulch marines, they will do that. And two units of six Thalax with photon thrusters and destructor to eat tanks and terminators, they will do that. They will also they're also very good at killing jet bikes with their gen side or whatever, where they take a bunch of cover staves away, um, and their AP two and shoot far, so they're good at that too. Um, he says he's got nine Ursarax. He wants to put nine Ursarax with power fist. Uh, to giggle wildly and drop people with strength 10 attacks. So here's the thing about Ursarax. They're a very cool unit. They're not at all fluffy with Ordo Reductor. Ordo Reductor invented Thalax, and if you read the Ursarax fluff, they're like a perversion of a Thalax, and they don't like it. So while it's legal to put Ursarax in your army, it's I don't really consider it something that Ordo Reductor would do. Um, so it is what it is. Maybe you can 
rewrite some fluff or say they're thalax that are made to be Ursrax or some shit, I don't know. But if you really read into the fluff, um, they're not a fan of Ursrax. Uh, uh, reductor art. So the next thing in your list is six Vorax with biocorrosive rounds to outflank and make my opponent have to deal with something in his backfield. Though it's a very good unit. Uh, if you're going to take these guys, though, you should add a, a secondary HQ to your unit. That's one of those Magos Dominuses with the uh, the Cortex controller that Scott was just talking about when he did the Iron Warrior list. Otherwise, these guys are there's nothing in your army with the Cortex controller to help these dudes out. So you can attach him to the actual Vorax because he has that Patrica Cybernetica rule, and then he'll just outflank with them because you only need a single model with outflank to give the whole unit outflank. Um, so I would definitely look at putting a Dominus in the army. Uh, and then he's got two Krios Venators with tank hunters and two Ordo Reductor artillery tanks with Medusa cannon, siege plating, and machine spirits. He says, so, like I said, that's a solid list. I would personally replace the Ursarax just because I don't think they're fluffy. Like I said, I would do some Skillax and a Triaros to throw your Archmagos in there with them, and then also add a Dominus. Um, those guys are pretty expensive, and you have a unit of nine of them, so I'm guessing that would be enough points to do what I just said without having to change anything else. And the rest of your list is pretty solid. Um... If you had to drop something else, um, you could maybe, if you're really close on points, you could just drop a single Vorax down to five. You'd probably be okay. Um, and then, like I said, if it's if you really, really just want to sit back with that Arc Magos, I would uh, cut a bunch of his war gear and run him pretty bare bones at that point because, like I said, you don't want to waste a bunch of points on some guy just standing around your backfield, especially when he's decked out for close combat. Uh, so his next question is, do you think the Matrix of Ruins four-sword chart is worth going for? I 100% do. It's probably the best four-sword chart in the game. It's extremely good. It gives your fucking tank scoring in your enemy deployment zone, which would increase the scoring units in this army you just wrote from four to four, five, six, seven, eight, eight in a, in a mission where there's objectives in the enemy deployment zone. So it's, it's pretty fucking awesome. It also gives you... Uh, move through cover ruins and there's not that many tables that don't have at least some ruins on them so it's extremely good uh i would definitely take it uh finally a key consideration is not to be a dick i don't know if anything here is dickier than it should be and i'm absolutely willing to change nah there's nothing in here too triggering it's pretty standard for mechanicum their shit's pretty powerful people are used to that you don't really have anything in here that's super rules exploitive or like mass fucking haywire and shit that people really just go Ugh, when they see it um so i don't think the the only units like just individual units that even if you only have one of that some people will just automatically get upset about in mechanic that i've seen well i guess there's three now any of the fucking uh new dudes from book seven the what are those dudes the secretarii with mass haywire um scoria and fucking Vulturax. And the Vulturax and the other guys, what they have in common is a bullshit haywire rule. It is what it is. So if you don't want to trigger people, if you avoid those three units and then just don't spam shit, you're usually pretty good. Uh, he says, fine, uh, so that's it. So then he says, thanks again, I've included a uh, bodily horror story below. Uh, he says, read it before you read it on air. 
to make sure it's okay. So that fits Scott's criteria. So we don't do that here. We do locks, <laughs> sir. So do you want to save this for next episode too, and just have a lot of cool stories since it's yep. episode one hundred? Let's bank it. Let's bank it. Okay, we're banking it. So Alex, we're gonna bank this story. But I hope I helped you. I didn't like write you a list because, like I said, your list is solid. I would just make those few little changes, and you should be good to go. Um. So this next one was just a question. He goes, I know you guys mentioned you'd be doing an Iron Hands. This is a Scott one. Scott, listen up. I know you guys mentioned you'd be doing an Iron Hands Legion episode in the near future. And I, I had several questions regarding them. I currently have 2,000 points of Emperor's Children. Um, and I'm looking towards starting my next project in the next several months. I figure on doing something the complete opposite of Emperor's Children... And I would, you know, was thinking that would probably be Iron Hands and it would be cool. Uh, Clan of Verney drop site massacre led by Gabriel Santar and maybe Ferris Manus. So obviously I'd want a lot of Morlock Terminators. I've read Fulgrim, Shattered Legions, and Ferris Manus, but none of these books really go into too much detail of what they look like. Are Morlocks just standard cataphracty Terminator armor, or would they be Gorgon pattern? And would it make more sense for them to use Lightning Claws or Thunder Hammers? Uh... Also, any advice on making a Gabriel Santar model? All I really know that he wears Terminator armor and uses lightning claws. Yeah, that's really all they say. I think he's on the cover of one of the books, though, isn't he? Uh, he's in the Vision of Heresy book. I know that. And a picture of him? him? Yes. So and he's, he's got lightning claws. What what pattern Terminator armor is he in? Well, this muddies the water even further, but it's like Indominus pattern. Kind of. He has that. Well, that would be the Gorgon. That would be the yeah. Gorgon armor. Yeah, so I assume he would be in Gorgon. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, a, he um, actually even has the crooks. <laughs> He's got the crooks on him as well. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, I knew they had art for him. So I guess he's Gorgon pattern. Uh what's yeah. the, what's the cover? It's that's is that the cover of a book? First Captain, Gabriel Santar, and Source. I think it's just yeah. old old artwork. Well, I was just trying to, so we can, so can you link that up, yeah, Michael, so that people can find it? It's uh, the Collected Visions in Horse Heresy, page 275. Okay, there you go. So find that artwork and that'll help you out. That's supposedly him. I don't know how accurate that is. It seems like some bullshit fan art thing, because like Michael said, he's got the Crux Terminus and shit. I would use creative license and just do what you want to do. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to. As far as what like what armor those guys wear, I think it's primarily cataphracty with some of the Gorgon Terminator armor in there because Gorgon Terminator armor was experimental. So not <laughs> everyone's gonna have it, but most of them are cataphracty. Yeah. Here's some uh, here's a Gabriel Santar uh from Deviant Art by Lynx C. It looks like Stephen Hillman in like uh in some Tatara's armor, bro. Like some, it's Stefan Hill. Stefan, and that does look exactly like Stefan. That's hilarious. You should <laughs> post that in the post that in the Crusader host and tag him. He'll love that. That's pretty wow, cool. weird. <laughs> I need to put a little like What's Illuminati that? hat on him, like the little little the fez hat. The yeah. fez hat, yeah. The Shriner hat. <laughs> um. So then he also says, thanks for your help and all you guys for all you, or, or thanks for your help and for all you guys do for the hobby. Your your podcast makes my nine to five work day fly by and it really makes me hard for heresy. Best regards, Brett. We love hearing that, Brett. Um, I hope we helped a little bit. Like Scott said, 
I think they're primarily cataphracty. Yeah. And, um, you can throw some gorgons in there, I'm sure, but I would just keep in mind that that pattern is experimental, so it's not going to be like like the rule of law sort of used. Right, and if you're wanting to do a lot of Terminators, maybe keep it to like two for one. So if you had ten normal cataphracty, maybe have five gorgons, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Gabriel Santar, just give him the lightning claws, but I think you could pretty much arm him as far as Terminator armor. That artwork has him in Gorgon pattern or Indominus pattern, which I guess is Gorgon pattern or whatever. Um, so you might go ahead and do that if you're going off that art, but like Michael pointed out, it does have the Crux Terminus in there too, which makes no fucking sense. I'm so just saying... Yeah. His lightning claws are so fucking good, they would make perfect Paragon Blades <laughs> in your list. So Yeah. Well, and if you read about a Paragon Blade, it says it can take the form of anything. So if there you just go. want to make him a Praetor and arm him with a Paragon Blade, but then give him, like, lightning claws and just make him really fancy lightning claws and just tell your opponent, uh, there, I mean, it shouldn't be an issue. Because you can make a fucking Paragon Hammer paragon fucking chain paragon butter knife if you want there's i made book. a fucking paragon ball on the end of a chain with my world leaders guy and yeah I rock that shit all the time so anyway i love the idea of what you're doing there i think it'll be a cool army so the next one we have llewellyn morgan he says hey guy longtime listener and fan of the show i'm very glad ryan didn't leave last summer and scott i'm a big fan of your no-nonsense attitude uh, just listened to your Heresy Rulebook episode and found it very that useful. Makes one. <laughs> <laughs> that makes one. Uh, with this in mind, I'm trying to update my sons of Horus, who have unfortunately been sat on the shelf for a while. My hobby group has put 30k on the back burner due to Age of Sigmar campaigns and what? 40k fever. So, oh, oh, yeah, I don't know. Do no well. comment there. <laughs> Maybe the latest fact that enraged everybody will drive him back to Heresy. I don't know. That's all I can say about that. Uh, this is my 2,500-point list, uh, taking a few suggestions, Ryan, about combi Volkites. Let me know if you have any suggestions, maybe improve. So once again, this list is pretty solid. I'm just going to read it out and then like recommend like two changes to it. So he's, he's taken a, a Delegatus and then using the Chosen Duty right of war that's only available to the Delegatus, so, or Delegatus, however you want to pronounce it. So his Delegatus has Artificer Armor, Refractor Field, and Mastercraft Power Axe. That's a good loadout. Um, he's got an apothecary with a power sword and a contemptor cordis with two close combat weapons and two grav blasters, two graviton guns, I guess, or maybe they're graviton guns mixed with plasma blasters, grav blasters. I don't know. They're one or the other. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, for troops, he's got, uh, so you, with this right of war, you can take uh, veterans as troops. So he's got six marksman vets, uh, one with a melta gun, four with combi meltas, and they're in a rhino with a multi-melta. Another eight marksman vets. One of them has a power fist, and eight, all eight of them have combi volkite. That'll be good on marksman vets. Um, then he's got five terminators. All five have combi plasma. One dude has a lightning claw. Two dudes have power fist. Two dudes have chain fist, and they're in an anvilist dread claw that's dedicated. And then seven tactical support marines. Sergeant has Artificer Armor. The entire squad has plasma guns, and they're in a Rhino with Multimilta. Then he's got an additional Anvilus, just as a generic fast attack choice to put the Contemptor in. Um, and then he's got ten Reavers with jump packs. Five of them have chain axes. Three of them have power swords. 
the sergeant has artificer armor and power fist, or the reaver chief, I believe he's called, not a sergeant. Then for heavy support, he's got a Leviathan Dreadnought with a Gravflux Bombard, Claw, Phosphex Discharger, Armored Ceramite, Dreadnought Drop Pod, and then he also has a Phobos Land Raider with Armored Ceramite, uh, Multi-Melta, um, that he's going to put the Volkite Vets and Apothecary and Dalagatis in. Says, Keep up the awesome work, Ryan. Those Death Guard look fantastic. And Scott, I'm a big fan of your World Leaders. Bonus points for anyone who doesn't pronounce my name incorrectly. It's Llewellyn. I've seen No Country from Old Men. The main character. Boom. That's name right. Is That's your fucking. Sorry, name. Javier Bardem murdered you and your wife. <laughs> yeah. Um. So here's the only immediate problems that jumped out to me was the Phobos Land Raider doesn't have a fucking dozer blade. So just ixnay that pedal mounted multi melta. It already has more guns than it can fire when you move it at the speed it should be moving. So just there's no reason to stick extra fucking guns. You can't shoot at full ballistic skill on it. So just get rid of that multi-melta and put a dozer blade on it. Or just say it has a dozer blade. 99% of people just say, hey, my fucking Land Raider is a dozer blade. Don't put one on there because it yeah, looks shit. No one's, no one's going to do um, The Leviathan, if you've already got it modeled up and it already has a claw, no big deal. But if you can afford the five points for the drill, um, my buddy Nick a long time ago pointed out that the drill is a much better choice in a lot more scenarios. The claw does have its uses, but it's less useful less often, where the drill comes in handy a lot more often. So the drill's the better choice if you can afford five points. The other thing you may consider doing with this list, and you don't have to, maybe you don't like special characters or whatever, you could swap that Delegatus out for Malagurst. He's not that many points. He's only like 140 points. At that point, you don't need to take this right of war. Because he just makes Reavers and Vets troops just with his ability. He also has a 12-inch Fearless bubble around him, which is pretty good. But the thing about that is you could throw him in your list and then take a different Ride of War if you wanted, but still get all the benefits of the Chosen Duty Ride of War, basically. And he also makes this really super expensive Reaver squad scoring, which I feel is almost a must. Like, if you're going to include Reavers in your army, especially a big unit like this, you really should look at throwing Malagers in your army to get the most out of them, make them scoring. You don't have to, though. This list already has four scoring units in it, um, so you're pretty solid uh, any way you look at it. Uh, but if you wanted to still run this same units, but maybe experience a different ride of war um, and make those Reavers scoring, all you got to do is swap that Delegatus from Malagers and you're good to go. So that's all I would maybe look at doing. Rock and roll. Um, then we got one more. So this one, um, this is one of those I hate because I feel like I'm shitting on somebody and going to make them mad, but I'm really not. I'm just giving my fucking honest opinion on shit. So it is what it is. So don't take, don't take it personal. I'm not being like, you're dumb or whatever. Just hear me out. <laughs> uh, so this is from John. We got this on Facebook Messenger. He says, "Hi, chaps. I've been loving the show after stumbling across it, and now your voices, but now you're the voices of my commute. This one might be more for Ryan. We'll, we can all talk about this. Um, I'm struggling to stick to a project. 
It might be because I only get to play against Mechanicum and Iron Warriors. Boy, do I hate that Legion. <laughs> anyway, I'm thinking of doing a Black Shields list. Possibly using the Chimera, plus one strength and plus one toughness and minus one initiative. I guess he's saying it's for me because that's what I run on my Black Shields. He says, I like the idea of a White Scar leader who was abandoned following the loss of both legs, but found and repaired by an Iron Hands Marine. Essentially, a tech marine and apothecaries, all either riding bikes or in transports to give the idea of self-sufficient fighting force. I'm not sure the fluff of White Scars slash Iron Hands works. That actually does work quite well if you read the Sagon Mizon Ride of War. What's that book? Uh, it's got the White Scar dude with his face painted white on the cover. It's like a short story. Oh, Fucking Mac is screaming at the called guy. Talon something, isn't it? Right now. Hunter's Talon, something Talon, Talon. Something like Talon. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, made, he made that model. Talon Bundus. <laughs> yeah, yeah Macca from Outer Circle made that model. There's a short story that's literally about Iron Hands and White Scars working together. It's the ones that sort of turn traitor temporarily and try to overthrow the Khan. And then they got beat down, and instead of just murdering them outright, they sent them on this. They made them these Saigon, whatever the fuck it is. Saigon Abundus. Saigir Mazon. Saigir Mazon Abundus. Yeah, where they send them out, and they, they're like an, uh, a suicidal assassination team or whatever. Um, he says, I don't have models for any of this yet, so open to any sort of idea. Would like to build a 1K ZM force expend expandable to a larger. Two and three K force for larger regular games. Any help would be much appreciated. P.S. A shout out for players in the southwest of England would be awesome, as I only have three local players. Um, yeah, so reach out to John here. He seems like a cool dude. If you're in the southwest of England, let's see, southwest. That's where I think I was kind of around Cardiff. Surely there's people there because we had that big painting class. Maybe Cardiff's not in the south. I mean. Fucking it's small. primarily the size of Ohio. Just fucking drive or get on a train. I got on a train. Yeah, hard. you'll be fine. Yeah, um, you'll get lost. Nah, they're fucking natives. They don't want to work the train. So here's the thing. I thought he was saying he was going to do a whole white scar army using the minus one initiative thing, and they were all going to have bionics. But what he's saying is one white scar guy working with iron hands or maybe whatever. So my only problem with this is I don't think White Scars like bionics and shit like that. They're not a fan. That's why they have no dreadnoughts and shit like that. They actually think that that's way worse than death is being stuck in a dreadnought sarcophagus. That's why they don't have dreadnoughts. They refuse to do it. Um, so Because they can't go fast. That's my thing is like putting a bunch of bionics on them and giving a minus one initiative is not White Scar at all. Um, I think it fits with the Iron Hands. So if you're just doing the one dude and then a bunch of Iron Hands, I think that fits. If you're doing a mix, I think that gets a little sketchy. Yep. I'd say so. Because I not... I don't know what to say about it, but yes, I agree. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe do the one... Man, I don't know. I just don't see them sticking a bunch of bionics on them. No. no and it's kind of weird taking people that already exist and making them chimerae. They really need to be like recruits that something happens to or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I want to... 
like what this what yeah what like, would initiate like what would happen to make them Kamere is like kind of the there's a lot of fluff that needs to get filled in besides yeah. having this whole like paraplegic <laughs> force like I don't <laughs> paraplegic bike riders <laughs> fucking hand biking it across space time <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's definitely going to be powerful because those guys are going to go up to tough six. Yeah. And I feel like if you if you don't have your fluff really solid, people are going to immediately go, "Oh, I see what you did here. You just wanted tough six bikes." That yeah. Yeah, I was just That's thinking that. Very, yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe if you want to do a bunch of bikes, I still think the one there's one that gives you like uh, where you get the rage. You get Rage and Fleet and some other shit. That would be really good with bikes, and that would make more sense with White Scars. Yeah, it's just hard. I mean, there's just a, a stigma when you start bumping up bikes already tough toughness. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Just think about it more. I know that's not super fucking helpful. I mean, we talked about the White Scar fluff a little bit. Um, definitely read that short story. Um did you look it up? Did you try to find it? No. Michael? No. Looking at fucking Pub or whatever, ignoring us. Yeah, he's fucking swiping left and swiping right over there. Yeah, I see it. He's on fucking Tinder trying to find Derek. You're fucking on A Street Latinas again, Michael, again during the fucking broadcast. Damn it. I have a problem. We all know this. You've had enough Latinas, okay? You live in Texas. <laughs> They're everywhere. Uh... I'm t- I'm googling White Scar Iron Hands novel. Novella. S- uh, scars? It's not scars. Iron Hands ebook. Iron Hands novella and oh, it's called. Hey, I just seen it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. It's loading. Um. Gray Talon. It's called Gray Talon. Oh, because it's black so, and white? Okay. That's hilarious. And the, the main Iron Hands character in that is Bion Henricos. So, yeah. What are you laughing at? What are you giggling about? No. His name. This is why we can't. Henricos. That's funny to you. <laughs> His first name is Bion, bro. Like. Yeah. <laughs> It's like they like made up his name on, there. on the like. Oh, he's got bionics. This name's Bion Henry <laughs> Company Coast Henry Coast. Anyway, all right. So yeah, check that book out for some fluff for your army if that's what you're wanting to mix those two. Dig it. You can also, I think, Maca is building that army. So go over to, uh, I don't know what his fucking email is for his channel or whatever. If you find the Outer Circle on YouTube, or I know they have a Facebook page, the Outer Circle, hit him up on Facebook. He he loves fucking talking 30K. So tell him what you're doing and he can help you too, because I think he's building that exact army. He'll get you in the right direction. Cause he's yeah, going, he knows the fluff really well. He's going all out for that army too. Well, he always does. He's a fucking sick... Obvious. <laughs> kind of problem. Yeah. So I guess now on to 
Derek's email for a list request? Yep, that's it. And then we're done after this. So Derek says, I got a friend finally interested in Horace Heresy. He wants an Alpha Legion, so I made him a list. The more I got to looking at it, the more I began to wonder why I hate myself. Is this list powerful as I think it is? He hasn't bought any models yet, so there may be time to undo the damage. Thanks. Story payment soon to follow. Uh, okay. Which I think we actually read that story off this, this episode. Uh, so the list is Master of the Signal and Artificer Armor, uh, Praetor with Artificer Armor, the full loadout, Paragon Blade, and Power Dagger, Venom Spheres. Your classic Alpha Legion Praetor. Uh, one, two, three Apothecaries. Uh, two of them have jump packs. And, yeah, just normal chainsword. Uh, he took a Invictaris Caesarean squad, eight of them, with the rewards of treason, so it's a cause of the Hydra list. Uh, then he took an Assault squad, 15 man, they got melt bombs. Three of them have power axes. The sergeant has artificer armor and a power fist. And, of course, a power dagger, because it's a specialist weapon. Uh, then he took a 15 man Assault squad, second time, with melt bombs. Three of them have plasma pistols. Snuck them suckers in there. Uh, the sergeant has artificer armor, power dagger, power fist. So, so far we're looking at 30 assault marines running around the field with two apothecaries coming with them. Uh, looking back in it, trying to see if the Praetor has a jump pack as well. No, he doesn't. Okay, so they're rolling solo. Then he's got a reconnaissance squad. They're in chameleon. They got power armor, nine sniper rifles. This is a weird selection. Uh, the sergeant has artificer armor and a sniper rifle as well. So 10 sniper dudes. Very alpha legion, but not power gamey. Um, he's got a tactical support squad running plasma. Plasma gun. Legion. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's running. What is he running? Volkite chargers. Five Volkite chargers. No, 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 no. It's supposed to be plasma because it says... Flamer, plasma gun, Volkite charger. He did this in Battle Scribe. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's supposed to be plasma gun, so. Well, it says Flamer Plasma Volkite, Flamer Plasma Gun, and then the last one just says Volkite Charger. Four Space Marine Legion support squad Volkite Charger. I don't know. Looks like he chose Volkite. Either way, doesn't matter. He took him in a rhino with a dozer blade, multi melta. Uh, then his Artificer Armored Sergeant has a Volkite Charger. So, yeah, it looks like Volkite Charger all around. Okay. Uh, then in his Fast Attack choice, he took an Anvilus Dreadclaw with Frag Salt Launchers. Comes with it. Uh, javelin Attack Speeder Squadron's got two Javelin Attack Speeders. He took the Multimelta and Twin Link Glass Cannons, Vehicle Killers. Then he took a Jet Bike Skyhunter Squadron, three of those Skyhunters. They have Multimeltas. And they also took Melta Bombs. <laughs> Uh, under the heavy support choice squad slot, he took a heavy support squad. And the heavy support squad's taking Legion Volkite Culverns. Uh, he took 10 of those guys. And the artif the sergeant has artificer armor and an augury scanner. Then he took a Sakarian Punisher assault tank with the, of course, Punisher assault cannon. Well, you got to pay for the Punisher assault cannon? The Punisher rotary cannon? No, I don't. It's. Battlescribe, man. I don't know what it's <laughs> to do. I don't know why it says 15 points for that. Okay. So, 3,000 points, call the Hydra list. What did you do, Ryan? Okay. So, he sent me a follow-up email, so he caught it. I actually caught it before I got the email. But I did want to point out that he found it first, so this isn't any, this isn't news to him. 
But the list, as you read it out, is illegal because Coils of the Hydra requires three compulsory troops choices. And if you look, the only two that he has are Assault Marines because Reconnaissance Marines and Tactical Support Marines both have the support rule. So they are troops, but they're not compulsory, which makes the list illegal. He does have another slight thing. It's not... He's, he's putting down that he's going to take tank hunters as the mutable tactics. He wouldn't be able to do that because the heavy support squad and the um, master signal don't have a dedicated transport, they don't deep strike, and they don't infiltrate. So with them in the army, you're always, with, that, with the way it's, the army's set up, you're always going to have to um, select infiltrate to make the list legal. Which I don't, I'm not a fan of with one unit making you do that. Because everything else in the army wouldn't make you do that. So I wanted to get rid of those uh, Colvarin guys and the master signal to fix that. Um, so this is what I did. And there's some things, I gave you some options on some things to switch around we'll talk about at the end. So I went with Armillus Dynat instead of a his generic Praetor. Because Armillus, Dynad, and a Coils of the Hydra list is fucking unbelievable. Um, oh yeah. If you don't want, to, if you don't want to use special characters, I'll talk about at the end what you would have to remove and change to make that work. Um, so for troops, I took his same assault marine squads and didn't change them. I like, I actually like them in the list. So two fifteen man assault marine squads. All of every guy has a melt bomb. Three dudes in each unit have power weapons, and then the sergeants have artificer armor, power fist, power dagger, so unchanged. Uh, ten, I, I swapped the reconnaissance squad uh, for just a generic ten-man tactical marine squad with zero upgrades and put them in a rhino with pedal-mounted multi-melta. So this will meet your requirement as a third troop's choice um, for compulsory, and then also meets the requirements for coils because they're in a dedicated transport, a rhino. Um, then I took a 10-man tactical support marine squad. All 10 of them have plasma guns. If you want these guys to have Volkite chargers, that's fine. It's just going to save you a bunch of points. I gave them plasma guns because I thought you had plasma guns on the ones in your list um, because of, like we talked about when we were reading it out, it says Flamer, Plasma Gun, Volkite. And then later on says Flamer and Plasma Gun again, and then 75 points. So I was super fucking confused. But in the list I wrote, it's 10 dudes with Plasma Guns. And you notice they don't have a transport or anything. What's going to happen is Dynat allows you to select one infantry unit in your army and give it Deep Strike. So he's going to select these Plasma Gun guys, which once again is going to make them legal for Coils of the Hydra and not force you to pick Infiltrate every time. You'll be able to pick what you want. Uh... For elites, I kept your eight suzerains. The only thing I changed is I gave two of them thunder hammers. Uh, you want a couple thunder hammers in there just for some anti tank. So it's six dudes with the uh, crazy axes and two dudes with thunder hammers. For the second elite's choice, I have uh, three apothecaries and one detachment. Uh, one of them has artificer armor and he's on foot. The other two just have jump packs. So basically, the exact same that you had, except the one on foot. I I had points, so I gave him artificer armor. For fast attack, I took an Anvilus Dreadclaw Drop Pod, which is where the Suzerains, one Apothecary, and Dynat will go. Um, then for the second fast attack choice, I have 
a squadron of three javelins. Yours was two. I, I increased it to three. And I changed them from last cannons to the standard uh, twin-linked uh, cyclone. But I gave every single one of them uh, two hunter killers as well. So all three of them have pinnel-mounted multi-melta, twin-link cyclone, and two hunter killer missiles. These are the same price as the last cannon ones, and I think they pack a lot more punch. They're a lot more bang for your buck. The last cannon ones, if they were two individual last cannons, I think it would be worth it. But the fact that it's a single twin-linked one, I don't think it's worth it, to be honest. Um, for the one, two, three, for the third fast attack choice, I have uh, your jet bike squad that you took. It's uh, six jet bike sky hunters. Um, I upgraded one to the sergeant just to give them that leadership bonus. And also, I gave two of them Volkite Colverins instead of Multimeltas. Multimeltas on these jet bikes, I'll just be honest with you, they suck. You get this unit that everybody shoots 36 inches in and is super fast. And in order to make that Multimelta effective, you have to get so fucking close that you're just putting them in range to be assaulted. Um, I also peeled the melt bombs off of them because if you put melt bombs on them, you're going to want to use the melt bombs which once again is a huge fucking misuse of these guys. Don't get these guys near the enemy. Stay as far back as you can and shoot the fuck out of them. That's what they do. They're not an assault unit. Um, the only time you want to put melt bombs on these dudes is if you're running a right of war where you're running a majority of your army as bikes and they have to serve multiple purposes. Um, when you're running an army like this that's mixed where you can take dedicated anti-tank and they don't have to worry about it, just fucking stick to what they're really good at, which is just killing infantry from a fucking distance and being tough and hard to deal with. Um, getting them close is just allowing your opponent an easy out to get rid of them, in my opinion. Um, for heavy support, I took a Sakaran Arcus strike tank instead of the Punisher. You had no anti-air in a 3,000-point army. I think that's a pretty big hole. Sorry. No anti-air. Um, I think that's a pretty big hole for a 3,000-point list, so I added, I changed it over to Sakaran Arcus and upgraded it to have the Skyspear Warheads and also gave it a Dozer Blade. So it's just a bare-bones Arcus with uh, the Skyspear Warheads and Dozer Blade. And then finally, for the uh, last heavy support choice, I took a Fire Raptor Gunship. Um, I upgraded the, the guns to Reaper Auto Cannon Batteries and put... Or wing mount and hell strikes on it. Once again, for any air, you had no any air in a three thousand point list. Also, the list was very light on anti tank. It relied purely on basically assault for anti tank. You had a few scattered multi meltas and last cannons, but almost everything else was anti infantry. I felt like it was kind of an overkill of anti infantry. You needed to mix in more anti tank. That's so. Um, I got rid of those Colvarin guys because, once again, they didn't add to your anti-tank, they didn't add to your anti-air, um, and they made the list where you always had to choose Infiltrate. And with the, all those points, that's what I added. The That's allowed me to take the Fire Raptor and um, the extra Javelin and some of the other upgrades I threw in. Also, swapping out the Reconnaissance Marines for the Tactical Squad which you had to do anyway to make the list legal, also saved a bunch of points, which allowed me to take some of those other upgrades. I can't imagine when so, you ever take a recon marine squad, especially when Alpha Legion can do everything <laughs> minus sniper rifles. That, uh, <laughs> that 
that a recon marine well, I think it's do? good in a recon company right of war because standard recon marines don't come with infiltrate they just come with scout yeah um drop their save right so in in that right of war i believe anything that scouts or infiltrates uh gains what shrouded on the first game turn or something like that and then yep. those recon marines can take the cloaks that already give them stealth so it's it's good there so i mean they're good in alpha legion list in that particular right of war but not this one very specific yeah so anyway getting back to dynat so the reason dynat is fucking ridiculous in coils you have all these dudes that are super fast and are going to deep strike or outflank or you know, do whatever, get in their deployment zone super fast. Dynat gives that plus one on vehicle damage rolls while in the enemy deployment zone, which is super fucking brutal. And he also gives one unit deep strike for free, which saves you from having to buy a dedicated transport or take a very specific unit um, to make that deep strike. So it allows you to work him in the coils a lot easier. He's also really good in close combat because he's got the two weapons he can switch between. He's four wounds. He's got a fucking Cognosignum. He's got a Phosphex bomb. He's got fucking everything. He's awesome. Um, that said, if you don't want to run a special character, you can take a standard Praetor, and he's going to be cheaper than Dynat. And with the points you save from dropping from Dynat to a standard Praetor, just buy a 35-point Rhino for that Plasma Squad, and you're good to go. If it's even a Plasma Squad. If it's not a Plasma Squad and it's Volkite or whatever the fuck you wanted to run, um, it's going to be cheaper anyway, and you can afford to buy him a transport or whatever you want to do. But those are just recommendations. But this list I wrote is legal. The Assault Marines, Deep Strike, Pack Marines are a Rhino, the Attack Support Squad, Deep Strikes because of Dynat, the Suzerains and Dynat, and the one Apothecary go on a Dreadclaw, which Deep Strikes. The other two apothecaries have jump packs which go with the salt marines which can deep strike. The javelins have deep strike. The jet bikes have deep strike. Um, the fire raptor, it doesn't matter because they're not vehicles. It's just infantry. So all the other shit is legal and ready to go. So, yeah. So the list that I wrote, like I said, it's legal and you can choose any mutable tactic you want. And then I gave you the option to swap in and out Dynat and still get around that. So hope you like it. Well, I hope you like playing it because it's not for him; it's for his buddy. So, <laughs> oh, good the thing luck. Is, this is three thousand points, so I mean, you got to take some decently harsh shit. This has no super heavy in it, no primark in it, um, none of that. So, I mean, you have to have things that can deal with that type of shit when you're not running it. So. I mean, this list isn't spammy. There's no more than two of any one thing. There's two assault squads in it, and everything else is fucking unique. Yeah. It's not. You know what I mean? It's not. No, I think it's a very solid list. If you learn to play it, it's going to be quite competitive. But, I mean, I don't think it's fucking cheesy at all. Super good friend for, like, reaching out to a podcast and building your buddy up a list and then reaching out to the podcast to optimize said list. Like what kind of friend is that? That's such a good friend. Like Derek, you've never in your life tried to optimize my list. Like what? Well, you're way more experienced than I am. So that'd be a, oh. kind of a weird endeavor anyway. But he's going out of his way. I'm just saying. Yeah. He, I mean, he sets the bar. Bad friend, Derek. 
I'm not gonna dogpile you this time, Derek. I'll let you off. Hey, hey Ryan, can you help me make a list for Michael? <laughs> nah. <Perfect. laughs> so super cool, guys. I've been recording this podcast and I haven't been fucking checking the score of the Pacer game. People can get my live reaction on if we beat the Cavs or not. Hang on, stand by. Survey says. I hope we kick the shit. Out of them, send them packing. We win tonight. It's fucking over. Put a fork in them. They're done. God damn it! Why is that not the top story? Don't care about the rockets and wolves. <laughs> I feel like all you have to do is type in Pacers in Google, and it would just say the final score. God damn it! We lost by three points. Oof. Oh no! Oof! Oof! It's rough. One one. We still have home court, though, because we kicked their ass last game. So hopefully the Pacers fucking beat them twice here. <laughs> well, all right, everyone. <laughs> That's it for this and episode. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> for real. <laughs> so, guys, stay tuned. Next episode's 100, 100 episodes. Uh, we're going to try and do something special. I'm going to have to think about what we're going to do. There's going to be a lot of editing involved in this episode coming up. We're going to save a lot of stories. Uh, do y'all want a theme for voicemails, so, like for next for ne- for the hundredth episode? I I say, dude, just whatever you want to send in, whatever you want to send, crazy shit. Send us good ones. Don't fuck around with some stupid. We want good ones for the one hundred. Yeah, guys. Yeah, don't be like I farted on a bus once and it was funny. Like fucking Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Okay, but that was really funny though. Hard hitting stories, boys. If you've been holding them back for whatever reason, unleash them now. 100 episodes next week. That's going to be 209 RFI 30K0. Or you can send an email to Michael at Warmer30K.com or Ryan at Warmer30K.com. Scott at Warmer30K.com. Derek at Warmer30K.com. Send us in your stories for next week. Send us in any questions or anything you have. 100 episodes next week. It's coming. It's going to be a good time. So That's all we got, dude. I'm going to go get some food. I'm fucking hungry. Hobby progress update. Finish this fucking guy. Test model for the Nova Charity Army is done. Narek Trigger. Jet bike. I've got a small handful of... Scott's paying jet bikes. There. I'm about to go slam. I'm going to go find some food. I've got got a small handful of legs that I cleaned up. Fucking hated doing it. You shaved your legs. Yeah. Yeah, I was, these are like the plastic chaos ones. I shaved some unnecessary details off of them. The <laughs> Gillette Venus Razor. I sat back and watched Latina porn while y'all <laughs> <laughs> talked yep. about lists. There it is. <laughs> I dropped there it is. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch you guys next episode. You have a good one. Here's some music. Bye. 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 he was born the only things he got from growing up were the will to fight and hatred there was never anyone to love him no one that's why I wanted to save him I thought I could 